iHeartRadio.com. Wednesday, the 11th of October. It's the Feast of Pope St. John the 23rd. And with everything going on in the world today, let's pray a prayer he wrote for peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, who are called the Prince of Peace, who are yourself our peace and reconciliation, who so often said, peace to you, grant us peace. Make all men and women witnesses of truth, justice, and brotherly love. Banish from their hearts whatever might endanger peace. Enlighten our rulers that they may guarantee and defend the great gift of peace. May all peoples of the earth become as brothers and sisters. May longed-for peace blossom forth and reign always over us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Pope St. John the 23rd, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for being along on this Wednesday morning, the 11th day of the month of October. We're just flying through October. Dr. Matthew Bunsen is going to be along this hour. He's going to talk more about Pope St. John the 23rd today. We'll catch up with Father Rob Jack as well. Also, Gary Zimak, who's been walking through the Psalms with us today. We're going to discuss some penitential psalm stuff. And then Dr. Dan Keebler has got a new season of the Purposeful World podcast that he's doing for Father Robert Spitzer along with Catherine Hadro, and it's a pretty cool podcast. And they're doing discussions of all kinds of sciencey things, including stuff on a Catholic perspective regarding the environment and creation. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Republican and Democratic lawmakers are introducing a bill to provide $2 billion in aid for Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system. Democrats Josh Gottheimer of New Jersey and Brad Schneider of Illinois, along with Republicans Claudia Tenney of New York and Max Miller of Ohio, introduced the bill yesterday. Iron Dome is a system that intercepts rockets fired at Israel. Lawmakers from both parties have vowed to support Israel, but Congress cannot act because there is no House Speaker after Kevin McCarthy was removed last week. Republicans are scheduled to vote on a new speaker today. Meanwhile, U.S. officials are investigating whether some of the Hamas militants who carried out the shocking attack on Israel got advanced training from Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. They're also looking into whether Hamas used recent protests by Palestinians along Gaza's border fence to plant explosives used to break through the Israeli barrier last weekend. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said yesterday that Iran was, quote, complicit in the attack that was far more sophisticated than past Hamas operations. In addition to his public calls for peace in the Holy Land, Pope Francis has also been making actual calls into Palestine to check on the small Christian population there.
from Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Pope Francis is constantly following what is happening in the Gaza Strip, reaching out to the small Christian community by telephone earlier. Parish priest Father Gabriel Romanelli told Vatican News about the phone calls. Father Romanelli is currently in Bethlehem and in constant contact with the faithful. Speaking with Vatican News early Tuesday afternoon, he said the Pope had just called him a few minutes earlier and that the Pope expressed his closeness and offered his prayers. Father Romanelli said, We thanked him for his calls for a ceasefire and a stop to all violence, all terrorism, and all war. He added that the Pope wanted to show his closeness and get in touch with the Christian community there through his vicar, who is assisting refugees in the parish. The Gaza Parish is home to around 150 people who have lost their homes or are seeking a safe place from the bombardments. Although, as Father Romanelli explains, the raids affect the entire area. There have been no deaths so far in the Christian community or damages. In all of Gaza, there have been over 770 deaths reported and 4,000 injured as a result of the Israeli raids in response to the terrorist attacks by Hamas on October 7th. Pope Francis also called yesterday, the parish priest recalled, explaining that the Pope wished to know how the people and the parish were doing. And Father Romanelli said the Pope imparted his blessing so that everyone may experience the closeness of the church. I'm Christopher Wells. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky made a surprise visit to NATO headquarters today. Zelensky's visit came as top NATO defense officials are considering how many more weapons the West can give Ukraine in its war against Russia and for how much longer given the new war between Israel and Hamas. Zelensky has been appealing to Western allies to continue providing Ukraine with aid and weapons since Hamas attacked Israel early Saturday. Hurricane Lydia is making landfall in Mexico as a Category 4 storm. Mark Mayfield reports. The National Hurricane Center reported that Lydia slammed into Puerto Vallarta on Tuesday evening and is expected to bring up to eight inches of rain to the area. The NHS called the storm extremely dangerous and warned residents flash floods and mudslides are possible, especially along the coast. The Hurricane Center has sustained winds of around 140 miles per hour and the storm is moving northeast at 16 miles per hour. I'm Mark Mayfield. The U.S. bishops are launching a national Catholic mental health campaign. They did so yesterday on World Mental Health Day, which seeks to raise awareness and remove stigmas associated with mental illness. The bishop said in a statement, quote, As pastors, we want to emphasize this point to anyone who is suffering from mental illness or facing mental health challenges. Nobody and nothing can alter or diminish your God-given dignity, end quote. And the Texas Rangers completed a three-game sweep of Matt's Baltimore Orioles with a 7-1 victory in Game 3 of the ALDS yesterday. Texas advances to its first AL Championship Series appearance since 2011. In Minnesota, meanwhile, the Houston Astros took a 2-1 series lead with a 9-1 takedown of the Twins. Game 4 will take place today. In the NLDS, the Atlanta Braves visit the Philadelphia Phillies and the Los Angeles Dodgers visit the Arizona Diamondbacks today. The D-backs are up on the Dodgers 2-0, while the Braves and Phillies are tied at one game apiece. All right, so Anna Mitchell, I'm just going to bring sorry, in... I'm sorry, Matt. I'm going to bring in Paul Lockman just very briefly. You well, know, Matt, you got new glasses. I do have new glasses. Wow. Uh, but I still can't see into the future regarding the baseball playoffs. But Paul Lockman... Who did I say privately off the air I thought was going to win it all this year? Uh, Minnesota Twins. No, that's not true. Who did I say? I'm not exactly sure. 
You're, you're, put, you're putting me on the spot. I said the Baltimore Orioles. He doesn't remember. I said the Baltimore Orioles were going to win it all this year. Mm. Swept. Nice try. Swept in fairly, fairly brutal fashion. Yeah, seven to one. That's yeah. painful. Well, they had a, they had a bad weekend too. Yeah. It was just not good. It was not good. I like your glasses, Matt. Yeah. Anybody get... watching the live stream knows what I'm talking about. So I had to get these glasses because Anna Mitchell, uh, turns out that if you get lights in your face because you got to be on camera in the morning, it's different than if you're just on radio. So uh, I have trouble seeing a little bit with all that stuff going on. So I have to wear the reading glasses. But the reading glasses are ones that I got in like an eight-pack from Costco or something. Neat. And uh, I all you see is like these. I like those glasses too. But... You see these big blue like reflections off of them in the morning. Yeah. So I can't wear them when I'm on camera, which means I can't see which means I'm only guessing at the names of our guests. Oh, yeah. Well, that would be problematic. I appreciate problematic. I appreciate your commitment to the Sunrise Morning Show and buying actual real glasses and not Thank just you, the Thank you, brownish Costco. green blur that sounds like Anna Mitchell. Today is, what day is today? It's Wednesday, right? Is it Wednesday, Matt? I think it's I don't know. I can't see what it says here on the sheet. Yeah, I think it's Wednesday. Wednesday, October the 11th. Happy to have you along with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It's nine past. Dr. Matthew Bunsen is back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show, Vice President and Editorial Director of EWTN News. Good morning, Doc. Good morning. Great to be with you. It is great to have you back. And October 11th is the feast of Pope St. John the 23rd. He was born a peasant, born to a peasant family. Would you say that that sort of colored his pastoral priorities as a priest and bishop and later as pope? Oh, I, I think most definitely uh, the, the the two words that are often used for um, Angelo Giuseppe Roncalli is that uh, he's pastoral, uh, but he's very practical. Uh, he was uh, born in Bergamo in the province of Lombardy, which is in, in the northern part of Italy. And uh, while his family did have some noble roots, uh, it was certainly um, not at the time of his birth uh, considered uh, a, a powerful family in Italy. Let's put it that way. They were largely sharecropped. But it was that connection to not the peasantry, but to the simplicity of life, I think, that is something that he long maintained. And I think really helped to color and, and shape so much of his approach, uh, not just to the church, but to the world. He was elected pope in 1958. Now, how would you describe the state of the world and the state of the church at that point? Well, in terms of uh, the world uh, and really in terms of the, the, the church, you had a world that was moving toward crisis. And what I mean by that is that uh, we had come out of the Second World War, you had uh, the Cold War, but we were also seeing the start of some of the great social and cultural tides uh, that were going to be buffeting uh, the whole of uh, Western culture, especially, and uh, the church. Uh, the massive changes that were taking place. You had uh, the rise of existential philosophy, for example, in France. Uh, you had, as I was mentioning, the, the struggle against international communism. And then there was the, the question of uh, modernity. Where was the modern world actually going after World War II uh, with so much shattering change, so many technological changes. And I think that is uh, really brings us to the very heart of uh, the pontificate of John the 23rd. 
And I want to get to Vatican II in a moment, so you need to set that aside at this point. What would Absolutely. you say are the most important other accomplishments he made as Pope? Well, I think uh, the first was to uh, look at that question of uh, the modern world uh, in his encyclicals. You know, he did not write very many. He was Pope for uh, just about five years, but he issued eight papal encyclicals. Two of them, I think, are really significant. The one is Mater et Magistra, which is uh, his com uh, contribution to Catholic social teaching. But then there was also Pacem Interis, uh, which was the last of his encyclicals. And you could argue that it was in many ways the most important. It was uh, promulgated just a, a few months before his death. It's one of the longest that uh, uh, he wrote, about 15,000 words. And it significantly addressed, uh, not specifically or exclusively to the members of the church, but to all men of goodwill. Uh, in that sense, too, this is his uh, outreach to the rest of the world. And, and I think that Pachmenteris, when we look back on it, uh, discussing as it does about the rights and obligations of the individual, but also the states of human dignity, of equality, he looked at so many of the questions of our time and uh, weighed in, I think, very elegantly and eloquently. Now, as um, I said, I wanted you to set Vatican II aside, but of course that a monumental part of his papacy in, in getting the Second Vatican Council opened prior to his death, why did he want this Second Vatican Council? He understood when his, he was elected pope that uh, Pius XII, his magnificent predecessor, had already been looking at a number of questions of how the Church was going to dialogue with the modern world. We saw some liturgical changes, for example, uh, uh, under Pius XII, uh, but there was that overarching question of how could the Church actually dialogue with the modern world. And when you read his opening address to the Council, the thing that he stressed was that uh, we need to have that encounter, that dialogue with the modern world. But he, had, he phrased it in a way that's very important for us, and that is, how do we dialogue with the modern world? How do we present the unchanging teachings of the Church in a way that the modern world can understand? He was not calling for a revolution, as some have claimed over the years, but he really wanted to find that way of having that conversation. Now, he put this under the umbrella of aggiornamento, uh, which is a kind of opening. And what followed was the Second Vatican Council, which he did not live to see. But as a pope who is not expected to have been elected, uh, he was a pope who was also not expected to have called an ecumenical council, and a pope uh, who was not expected to live very long. So all of those surprises, I think, really can be reflected in the Second Vatican Council. And one of the most important things that he did as well was to name uh, Cardinal Montini uh, to the Cardinalate. And in that way, too, you could very clearly see that he was trying to establish a certain continuity that would continue, certainly where the Council was concerned after his death. Yeah, I wanted to ask about the legacy of the council and, and whether it belongs to John the Twenty Third or whether it belongs to his successor, Paul the Sixth. What what do you think? Well, I think one good answer would be that it belongs to the Holy Spirit. But, sure. Okay, um, fair I enough. Think we, can, <laughs> we can say <laughs> we can say that when Kali gave it its beginning and left to Paul the immense task of bringing it to a conclusion. 
he saw Paul very early on as one of the most key figures in providing the structure, organization, and again, that continuity. But uh, it was John's call. It was John's counsel. And it was his decision to convoke it. And it was he who set it on the path of how it proceeded even after his death. And Paul had that immense choice of whether to end it right at the time of his election or to continue it. I think he felt the immense pressure of his predecessor and the immense pressure of uh, the Council Fathers to continue. But he could have ended it, but he didn't. And in that sense, too, I think the two of them have to be looked at as historical partners uh, in that role. The most important question, can you talk about the humor of John the 23rd? Well, there's the most famous line of all that tells us everything we need to know. John was once asked how many people work in the Vatican. He thought for a second. He said, "Mm, about half. (laughs) You're right. It does. It says it all. It's one of his greatest (laughs) lines. But... uh, a man known to be jovial and and just so lovable, Pope St. John the 23rd, pray for us. We've been talking to Dr. Amen. Matthew Bunsen. Dr. Bunsen, as always, thank you so much. Great to be with you. God bless. You too, Dr. Bunsen. How many people work here on the Sunrise Morning Show? Mm. Paul's trying to count. About half. It's true. We don't actually, it's zero percent. We don't do work here. We have fun. Don't be Paul. Yeah, he's giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> We're back with headlines headlines right after this. It's 17 past. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. This month's devotion is to the Holy Rosary. St. John Paul II called the Rosary his favorite prayer, in which we meditate with Mary upon the mysteries which she, as a mother, meditated on in her heart. The Rosary is one of the most cherished prayers of our Catholic faith. Join in this devotion to Mary and strengthen our connection to Our Lady with rosary beads, bracelets, boxes, pouches, and rings. Available at EWTNRC.com. 19 past, here's Anna with headlines. 
Republican and Democratic lawmakers are introducing a bill to provide $2 billion in aid for Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system, but it can't come to the floor until there's a Speaker of the House. In addition to his public calls for peace, Pope Francis has been making actual calls to Palestine to check on the small Christian population there. And the U.S. bishops yesterday launched a national Catholic mental health campaign. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. You know, we already lined up our topic for uh, pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast this Mm -hmm. week, but I bet you he'll have some thoughts. Oh, well, he was talking about World Mental Health Day for, what, several weeks leading up to this. But uh, but, I'm sure he'll want to unpack some of the things. Well, I love the quote, the, the quote that I had in my news, nobody and nothing can alter or diminish your God-given dignity. There you go. It's right there. Right there. You know, I was looking at uh, uh, evening prayer last night Mm -hmm. uh, from the Liturgy of the Hours, and the prayer was all kinds of stuff. For those who suffer chronic illness, grant them patient endurance. For those who suffer mental or emotional illness, grant them peace of mind. For all who are dejected in spirit, we pray to the Lord. Yeah, it was all in there last night. Wow. If you prayed evening prayer and the Magnificat. Very beautiful. It's 21 minutes past the hour. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith. And Dr. Michael Gable will tell us about the upcoming World Mission Sunday this month. Dr. George Barner will discuss his new book, Raising Spiritual Champions. I will talk about the life of Pope St. John the 23rd, the frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Ken Herbert Plumbing is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. With over 20 years' experience in residential and commercial plumbing service repairs and rated A-plus from the BBB, Ken Herbert Plumbing, 513-383-2974. 513-383-2974. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Cincinnati Right to Life presents the Golden Evening for Life, Thursday, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Featuring former abortionist Dr. John Bruchowski, musician Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North, activist Mark Hauk, abortion survivor Rebecca Kiesling, and Sacred Heart Radio's Anna Mitchell. The Golden Evening for Life, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Reservations at CincinnatiRightToLife.org. That's CincinnatiWriteToLife.org. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Rob Jack, a priest of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and host of Tribe and Home the Faith on Sacred Heart Radio, the same very station that produces the Sunrise Morning Show. Father Rob, good morning. Morning, Matt. So we've been de- defining some Catholic vocabulary 
in uh, the past few weeks. And today we're talking about spiritual discipline and ascesis. Now, uh, ascetic uh, discipline and the ascetic life, I misheard it the first few times that people said it to me. Uh, I thought they were saying aesthetic. Two very different kinds of things. Uh, But what sort of uh, principles are we talking about here with spiritual disciplines and ascesis? Well, if we if we look at an old book on spirituality or an old book on Catholic prayer, they'll often use the word ascetical uh, theology or ascetical spirituality, and it means discipline. Because what we find in anything, we think about training our bodies and how we do that. We learn we have to eat less, we have to maybe uh, exercise more, we have to do things to kind of make us strong. The same is true with our soul that we often take for granted. And one of the things we have to do in our soul, as St. Paul puts it, is begin to help focus more on our soul than on our body. And in order to do that, we exercise discipline. Now, sometimes there's a fine line between spiritual discipline and self-punishment, and we have to be careful when we talk about these things. Well, we do. And for someone who is maybe dealing with scrupulosity or uh, feeling an immense pressure to try and earn God's favor in some way, those extreme practices, uh, right, can be actually a detraction. Uh, and, and so that's why I think it's really important for anybody. I mean, I, this happens all the time with new converts that I talk to. They want to go in and be 1,000% a Catholic, and they feel like they got to do everything all at once. And that's not always healthy. Well, it's not. And what they'll do oftentimes is they'll read the early lives of the saints, and they'll find out, well, well, geez, you know, St. Francis, he fasted for 14 days and didn't have any food, or he threw himself naked into the snow, and I have to do those kind of things to be holy. And I said, not necessarily. Uh, Every saint and every person has their own uh, struggles and battles they deal with. And so the question is, is what hinders my prayer. Well, could it be uh, too much sleeping? So maybe I'll sleep an hour less. Or could it be uh, too much food that I'm focusing, I'm worried more about what I'm going to eat today instead of giving thanks to God. And so maybe I'll cut back on my food a little bit. It's all its all about really amounts of things, not huge things. Because we assume the older idea of spirituality, which was rooted, as you know, in the philosophy of philosophy of Plato, was that the the body was bad, and so we have to punish the body in order to make the spirit good. But then Benedict, thanks goodness, came along and said, no, we have to kind of look at things in terms of a balance and make sure that in our spiritual theology, in our life, our daily life, there are times that we need to fast a little bit more. There are times where we might need to sleep a little bit less. There might be times when we need to uh, spend more time silent than we do talking in our prayers. And, and that balance takes time. And what we'll find in our own life is, is that we these types of discipline that we do are, again, ways of training us to make our, to help our souls be more focused on God. Yeah, and it is, again, that's the ultimate purpose, right? Because if those things become a distraction and they become the thing that you're obsessing over instead of God, I mean, and this is easy to do, right? I mean, the devil would love nothing more than to take something that you're doing to honor God and make you focus on it more than God. Well, that, yeah, and and all of a sudden make something which is a means an end. Like, well, you know, my end is to do this. Well, no, that's a means. So, okay, my end is to 
first of all, we'll often tie in fasting with weight loss or the tie in fasting with uh, another thing. And they're saying, no, you know, let's keep things balanced. I, when I was a uh, very, very young, uh, this is before I was even in the seminaries in high school, and, and I used to have a huge list of prayers. I would do Litany of the Sacred Heart, Litany of Mary. I had like a list of 15 prayers I would do every day. And I was with my spiritual director. He says, what are you doing? And I gave him the whole list. And he said, holy Moses, when do you find time to do anything else? And I said, listen, why don't we do this? He said, pick the first, the, the three most important to you, and you focus on those. And then the other ones, let them fall away. And as you go through your life, okay, maybe now you can take this out and put this in. In other words, to figure out a proper balance of what we need to do to, to have that good uh, spiritual relationship with God. Well, this is the other thing that happens a lot with uh, various people that I work with who are coming into the church from outside, and they do want to, like I said before, uh, do everything that they can possibly do to be Catholic, but they get cornered by somebody at church and says, you have to do this devotion, right? Or oh, yeah. it's so spiritually fruitful, and, and they get cornered, and sometimes uh, there are pressures that come on people to have to engage in certain devotions when, in fact, this is a buffet that the church offers to us, and not every devotion is going to fit every person the same way, and some of them might not fit you for the rest of your life, they might fit you for a season. And so I, I, that's a very important thing that, you know, your spiritual director brought out to you that it's, I mean, it's certainly one, uh, a principle I try to apply because I, I go through spiritualities all the time. Well, we do. And all, like I said, we find a particular saint we like, and we, we might read some of uh, St. John of the Cross or Teresa of Avila, or we read St. Benedict, which is a very balancing saint, or St. Francis de Sales. And we find in our own life, with the help of a director, how are the best ways for us to really have that balance of our body and our soul so that we can remove the obstacles that we have in the way to God and capitalize on our strengths so that that union can become stronger. Great stuff, Father Rob Jack. Thank you as always. Have a wonderful day and uh, a bunch of our listeners will be catching you this afternoon on Driving Home the Faith. Thanks, Matt. All right. Again, you can find Father Rob, jo- Rob Jack linked at sunrisemorningshow.com in the show notes. You can also find the link in the show notes to watch our video live stream. Half past the hour, here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Secretary of State Antony Blinken will travel to Israel this week to show U.S. support for the country following attacks by Hamas. He's expected to arrive tomorrow to meet with senior Israeli officials to hear about the situation on the ground. Hamas launched a surprise attack on Israel on Saturday. More than 1,000 civilians have been killed, including 14 Americans. The Biden administration says at least 20 Americans are currently missing in the conflict. Meanwhile, the first shipment of U.S. weaponry has arrived in Israel. Mark Mayfield has more. On Tuesday, a spokesperson for the Israel Defense Force said the first plane carrying advanced ammunition had landed at one of their air bases. They said Israel is grateful for the American support and assistance to the IDF in particular during this challenging period. The news came hours after President Biden spoke about the ongoing war, calling the Hamas terrorist attacks an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 Israelis and Palestinians have been killed so far in the conflict, along with at least 14 Americans. I'm Mark Mayfield. The custos of the Holy Land says he fears that Palestinian Christian, the Palestinian Christian population could disappear. The comments from Father Francesco Paton, 
come as war rages between Hamas and Israel. He told La Serfatore Romano, quote, it is very dangerous for the Christians to remain in Gaza since now the information that we have, he said, are that the Christians are safe in this moment, but we don't know the evolution during the next days, end quote. Another earthquake hit Afghanistan early today, just days after two large quakes in the same region killed more than 2,000 people. The new 6.3 magnitude quake struck before dawn today near Herat, a city of more than a half a million in the northwest of the country. Health officials said more than 100 people were taken to hospitals. When the quake hit, many people were sleeping outside because their homes had been destroyed in the Saturday quakes. A Holy See representative has spoken to the executive committee of the U.N. High Commissioner's Program for Refugees, stressing the need for solidarity with refugees. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. Monsignor Daniel Pacho highlighted the plight of forcibly displaced people and the urgent need for global solidarity. More than 108 million people around the world are forcibly displaced. He stressed that these are not just numbers, but human beings with faces, each representing a unique story and struggle. Conflict, violence, persecution, and the impacts of climate change continue to drive mass displacement, a situation Pope Francis has described as a third world war being fought piecemeal. Monsignor Pacho expressed concern about ongoing conflicts, particularly the situation in Ukraine and the tragic consequences they entail, including loss of life, injuries, displacement, and immense socioeconomic damage. Such conflicts, Monsignor Pacho stressed, highlight the tragic absurdity of war. Central to the Holy See's position on the matter is the recognition of human dignity as the foundation for addressing the refugee crisis. Refugees are not mere recipients of assistance, but holders of rights and responsibilities, said Monsignor Pacho, underscoring the importance of not returning individuals to countries where they face human rights violations or life-threatening conditions. Monsignor Pacho went on to highlight the need to move beyond temporary solutions in emergency situations and work toward durable and long-term solutions. The Holy See also stressed the right to seek asylum as an extension of human dignity and fraternity, aligning with Pope Francis' call to avoid turning the Mediterranean from the cradle of civilization into the graveyard of dignity. In conclusion, the Holy See renewed its call for a global sense of fraternity, emphasizing that without it, fairer societies and lasting peace are impossible. And that is Jones. Abortions in North Carolina fell by more than 30% in one month after the state's 12-week abortion ban went into effect. An analysis by the pro-abortion research organization Guttmacher Institute showed there were more than 1,300 fewer abortions in July compared to June. A lead author of the report said the decline probably reflects fewer people traveling to North Carolina from out of state for abortions because of added restrictions along with the 12-week limit. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour.
Family, please know that Sacred Heart Radio has never sold or shared our mailing list with anyone. So when you donate or sign up to receive our newsletters, be confident that Sacred Heart Radio will not sell or share your information with other organizations. Schneller and Aquaman Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee, because our work is done right the first time. For all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work, Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of Pope St. John the 23rd, Wednesday, October the 11th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Be ready for some rain today. Right now, temperatures in the upper 30s, lower 40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, clouds will build today with a slight chance for some rain this afternoon and a high of 69. Mostly cloudy and not quite as cold tonight with an overnight low of 58. Mostly sunny and warmer tomorrow with a high of 78. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, increasing clouds this afternoon with a spotty shower possible later in the day. A high of 68 today. Mostly cloudy tonight with scattered showers and an overnight low of 50. Some morning clouds with a few showers in the north and a high tomorrow of 77 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday, the 11th of October. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Gary Zimak from followingthetruth.com. And we do, every week, a little Bible study on uh, various verses and passages from Scripture that hopefully uh, throw a little encouragement into your day as you go out to face whatever you plan to face. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Matt. So today we get to be in a penitential psalm. Psalm 32 is definitely one of those that we hear during Lent and uh, perhaps uh, even read before going to confession. But there's a lot in here worth unpacking. Uh, I wonder if you could maybe hit some of the highlights of Psalm 32 for us this morning. Absolutely, Matt. You know, one of uh, you and I have been doing this series for a long time, and, and what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do, what you're trying to do on this series uh, together on this show, is to help alleviate some of the anxiety that, um, that many people are feeling, including myself at, at times. Um, one of the greatest sources of anxiety is the guilt and shame of things we may have done in the past. You know, we've, we've all done things we regretted, and a lot of us sometimes carry around this guilt of what we've done um, unnecessarily because the, the beautiful thing about, and this psalm teaches us, is that the Lord is waiting to hear from us and to forgive us for the sins that we committed if, if we ask. So Psalm 32, I'm just going to read the first couple of verses because it really paints a, a very nice picture and, and a really comforting uh, image for us. Blessed is, he who in, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, 
and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So this idea of uh, being forgiven for our sin, if, if when this happens, we are blessed. It's a good thing. It's a good place to be. And the psalm continues, when I declared not my sin, my body wasted away, though my growth through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. This is the effect of not confessing our sin. This is the effect of not going to the Lord and saying, I'm sorry. And the final verse I want to read is what comes next. I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Then you forgave the guilt of my sin. There you go, Matt, right there. You go to the Lord, you confess your sin, and he will forgive the guilt of your sin, and therefore we are going to start to feel better when we do this. And as I read this, I'm going to, we've talked about this before, I'm going to put in yet another pitch for the sacrament of confession, one of the greatest resources that we as Catholics have to not just to, not just to eliminate the guilt that we have about the past, but to overcome those habitual sins that you and I commit over and over again. This can be helped by going to the sacrament of confession. Absolutely. And there are some people uh, who make regular use of that sacrament listening right now. There are are also probably some people who've not really incorporated it into their world and haven't really understood the role it can play in their spiritual life or aren't sure what to do when they get there um, or maybe haven't been in ages. Or maybe you're just flipping through and uh, hearing some people talk about confession on the radio and thinking, I haven't done that since I was in like second grade. And uh, are wondering like what the purpose of this and and, and how it how it works and, and how it feels. But I think the psalmist really gets at something here. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning mm. all day long. Uh, your hand was heavy upon me; my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. That sin really does kind of weigh you down, man. It just it it grinds on you, and sometimes you don't even realize how much it's been grinding on you until you get to confession. This has happened to me. I don't know how many times. I mean, I can't even count how many times I've just been feeling off, uh, and not myself. And, you know, Saturday rolls around and I'm like, you know what, whatever else I'm doing, confessions on the schedule today. And it is a night and day difference just by making that time. And you start to realize, I know what was at least in part, weighing me down. I mean, I didn't didn't make all my responsibilities that are stressful go away, but it certainly took out the part that was my fault. That's for sure. Exactly. And I, and I really like what you just said about putting confession on your schedule. Look, I, there have been times in my life when I have not gone as frequently as I should have. You know, it's just there's too many things to do, too many things to do for me. Uh, I'm busy. You know, I'm not that bad of a person and, and so on and so forth. And, and when I look back at these times when confession wasn't a priority for me, I was generally not that happy. And, and there were there were times during those periods when I seemed to be not living the life I should I should live. You know, honestly, if, you want, if we want to compare ourselves to someone, we, we need to compare ourselves to Jesus. You know, we could compare ourselves to the guy down the street who doesn't go to church and who's a, just a general jerk and then feel good about ourselves. But the Lord wants us to compare ourselves to him. I mean, that, that should be our goal, and, and not to overwhelm anybody, but this, this should be our goal, to be like Jesus and with his help, with the grace he gives us, 
it is possible to get closer to that than I can on my own. So that's my goal. And when I do go to confession, confession frequently, I notice a difference. Sometimes it's a gradual difference, but it's a general feeling of peace. And it's also, as I'm in certain situations, it's a, it, it's a, it's a slight outpouring of that grace. Not always, not always, you know, just a, a major outpouring of the grace, but it's often just a little outpouring of the grace, which helps me to avoid those temptations. Uh, you know, as I'm, as I'm tempted to sin, the, the grace that comes from confession starts to come through, and I begin to realize, okay, I probably shouldn't do this, or maybe I'm doing the wrong thing here. So there is a definite benefit to receiving the sacrament. You know, it's, it's fascinating who we will confess to instead yes. of... Uh, going to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, there are people who yeah. will go and pay an enormous bar tab and unload to the bartender, right? Yeah. Or people who will pay a uh, therapist an enormous amount of money an hour. And that's not to say there isn't some value that can be had in those things. you know. Or people who will go onto social media and uh, anonymously post you know, stuff on Twitter or Reddit or wherever about these things that they've done. And confessions like free it's wild it's like this free thing and it doesn't solve every single problem in your life right there's as with anything you've got to have some sort of discipline and practice and virtue that you take back out in the world and exercise but it's like this free thing and like i'm i'm surprised that the whole world doesn't know about it and isn't taking advantage of it Exactly. And, and that's why I want to come on and talk about it. That's why I wanted to talk about this psalm today. That's what I want, why I want to give personal examples in my life, how the sacrament has, has changed me, because it is available to us. It is available to us whenever we want. You know, and I would just say that typically I'll go to confession on the weekend, but if we're, especially if we're in the state of mortal sin, our priest, our parish priest would love for us to call him and schedule an appointment to go to confession, even in between the the regular times. I, I can't imagine a priest who would not want that. And, and that's that's something to keep in mind. You know, if you if you feel the need to go to confession today, contact your parish and 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 make those arrangements. You know, get that off your chest and give yourself that that great opportunity to be uh, to be washed by the Lord's grace in that in that sacrament. World's a crazy place, Gary, and uh, very often our reaction to the things that trouble us, that upset us in the world is to say, you know what, maybe I should call my elected officials and tell them to act on this thing, or maybe I should make a blog post about this, or maybe I should share my hot take on geopolitics or church politics or whatever it is on social media, whatever it happens to be. Sometimes the first reaction needs to be, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. <laughs> right? mm. Amen, brother. Sometimes Amen. that's got to be the first reaction. So, And then we can work with the rest of it. Gary Zimak, we've got followingthetruth.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you, as always, for a great conversation, a great dive into the scriptures, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate you having me on, brother. All right, 14 till. We're back right after this. Lord, Teach Me to Pray, the Ignatian Prayer Series, can now train you and others electronically to become facilitators and bring the Ignatian way of prayer to your parish. Come to know and love Jesus Christ like never before and help others do the same. Don't pass up the opportunity to join this work of the new evangelization. 
Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. That's LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. Born from the heart of St. Daniel Comboni, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most abandoned people in the world for more than 150 years. The Combonis improve quality of life with resources like food, clean water, and medicine. They provide vital education in schools and spiritually minister through the sacraments, all while preparing local Christian leaders to serve their people now and in the future. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through SunriseMorningShow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through SunriseMorningShow.com. He is honored by the church as a saint with the title Second Apostle of Germany. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. The Dutch-born Jesuit, St. Peter Canisius, was one of the key figures in restoring the Catholic faith in Germany during the Protestant Reformation. He is renowned for his catechism and also for his founding more than 40 universities that proved bastions of Catholicism across Central Europe. He died in 1597 and was named a doctor in 1925. To find out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. Hi, this is Cy Kellett. Later today on Catholic Answers Live, Trent Horn is here. Ask Trent anything. Catholic Answers Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show. It's Wednesday, October the 11th. Here's Anna Mitchell with headlines. Secretary of State Antony Blinken will be traveling to Israel this week to show U.S. support for the country. Pope Francis has made another appeal for peace and restraint in the Hamas-Israeli war. And another earthquake hit Afghanistan early today, just two days after two large quakes in the same region. News the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 11 till. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim. Glad to talk to Dr. Dan Keebler, biology professor at Franciscan University. If you've not checked out the Purposeful Lab podcast, you should. It's a great uh, series of discussions on faith and science. Dr. Keebler, how are you? I'm doing well this morning. How are you? I know you got season two coming up, or actually, is it already out? It's it's coming up. Um, it's launching, and so we got a great group of guests that we brought in. It's a, so the best part of the podcast is getting the uh, some great scientists, theologians, philosophers in to talk about some very interesting topics. So we talk a lot about uh, this next season, cosmology, like how the universe began. We look at sort of the smallest parts of the universe, uh, the subatomic level, and look at that order and 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 beauty that you find there, and and reflect upon that. And uh, we also look at uh, you know the possible of life on other planets and, and UFOs and things like that that are related to you know space. So it's a it's a it's a, a great uh, sort of interdisciplinary um, talk that's, uh, that that is uh, aimed for your average person that's just interested in uh, learning more about these issues and how science and the Catholic faith sort of um, are compatible and synergistic with each other. Well, I saw uh, your co-host Catherine Hadro recently, and I told her I said I don't know which uh, specific 
demographic you're aiming at with these, but I listened to a couple of these episodes in the car with my 11-year-old son, and he was having me pause like every two minutes to explain some stuff because he had like follow-up questions. Uh, so he was dialed in. So if you're aiming for the 11-year-old boy audience, you've got them. We so got it. All right. That's great. That's good to hear. So I'll have to have him call in and give us some questions. Indeed. <laughs> oh, uh, you're not ready for him. I can tell you that. <laughs> all right. So Laudate Deum came out, and here's an opportunity for uh, all of us to kind of think about not just the moral questions related to how Catholics are supposed to live in this world that God created for us, but also some of the scientific stuff behind it. And, you know, I'm not a scientist, so I hardly know what to ask in these conversations. But there's some moral points that I think that even those of us who are really confused by science uh, when it enters the conversation can still get our heads around as Catholics. Uh, What would you say are some of the main moral points we need to have in our minds as we approach these conversations about how to care for creation? Yeah, I think one of the, the, the key points, this is something that Pope Benedict made a lot, is to, to we have to uh, see creation as a gift, right? Uh, and that's sort of what the, the Genesis story is getting at. This is a gift uh, to us from God. And as a result, you know, any gift that God gives us, we don't want to abuse that gift. We want to steward it and use it to the best of our ability for, um, you know, the uh, our, our ultimate good, which is to make it to heaven and experience the beatific vision. Um, I think the problems arise, you know, when we see either see creation as the ultimate good, um, you know, it's uh, like protecting the environment is the uh, an, uh, an ultimate end rather than, you know, as a gift from God, or we um, sort of ignore it and say, well, it's not as important, it's more important uh, that I have comfort and that uh, the, <clears throat> have material comfort are the things that I want, and we raise that above our stewardship of the gift that God has given to us. Well, there are so many ways this conversation breaks down, and, and uh, you know, you try and have reasonable conversations about these <laughs> things, and people just explode, right, because it's been yeah. so polarized uh, by partisan factions. But, you know, I come at this from a few different directions. Uh, one is that, you know, I come from a church that's like, we don't want unnatural interventions in marriage, right? That's uh, right. Why? Because we know that God created marriage for a certain purpose. So I kind of tend to map that on to how I think about the rest of creation, right? Uh, like, what what is it that we're doing that is in harmony with God created, how God created us to be, how he wants us to live in this world, and which things are unnatural sort of thwartings of his creative intention? I mean, that to me is a good place to start on some of this. Right, I think that's right. There's a there's a balance that we have with nature that we should be in balance with it. Not because nature is a god or a deity, but because that is how we should be viewing the gift of the natural world that God has has given us. You know, I think in humans are, are are resilient. We've made mistakes in the past in the way we've interacted with the environment. I, you know, assume we're in in uh, industrial uh, rust belt there, and you know, if you look back and what these cities like Cleveland and Pittsburgh were you know, 60, 70 years ago the amount of pollution that was going on there. Uh, we realized, oh, this is a problem, and we take a lot of steps to, to fix fix and rectify that and realize, okay, we can't treat the environment this way. I think we're in a similar situation right now, and how do we rectify and treat the environment in a way that respects the gift that God has has, has given us? And I think we're making a, a lot of progress. I think the, there's a lot of, you know, sort of doomsday scenarios that come with, with the, you know, the whole global warming thing, but I think the reality is that 
they, you know, for the most part, society has responded, and we have a lot to be optimistic about, you know, in terms of, you know, what we're already doing. I think about a fourth of the U.S. energy supply is renewable energy, and in probably in a few years, five or six years, it might be up to 75 percent and so forth. So the, 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 the world, particularly the developed world, is making many, many strides to make our um, sort of energy use, uh, I, I think, more um, in tune with uh, uh, the environment. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of positive things that, 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 that have, have come uh, from this, even though, you know, there is some uh, debate over exactly how much um, the, the climate is going to be disrupted by humans. But clearly there is, uh, there is a connection. Um, you know, the debate is sort of how much that uh, humans have influenced the climate. And I think, you know, we, we should take measures to um, uh, sort of uh, change what we're doing if we have that ability to do. And we do. And that's, that's the, the human ingenuity that I think is, uh, is, is always on display when there is some type of, uh, you know, um, crisis that comes up. That's where the partisanship really flares up, right, <laughs> in right. those conversations. But I know this, you know, from my work at the Coming Home Network, working with all these people who are coming into the church from various backgrounds, it's amazing how many of them say, I was looking upon creation and I felt God present in it. And I think to myself, well, at the very least, we got to care for it because it's an evangelistic tool. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so without a doubt, without yes. a doubt, so many people are brought to, and and you look at the book of uh, wisdom and talks about you know who, who by knowing his his works yeah. doesn't get to know the the creator. So this there's is something Augustine beautiful story, about it, right? This is how yeah, Augustine right. phrases it. Well, we've got purposeful lab linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Definitely go check out the podcast, Dr. Dan Keebler. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right, thanks for having me. All right. And again, uh, not only can you find Dr. Keebler and the Purposeful World podcast linked at sunrisemorningshow.com, you can also click over to the show notes and find a link to the video live stream. And yeah, you can see my new glasses that I had to get so I could actually read with like these lights shining in my faces. Well, I've only got the one face, but you can see the lights. I was just going to ask, faces? You got multiple faces, Matt? faces and you're gonna draw a face on the top of your head draw a face on my face yeah i'm gonna look you in your face with it another full hour of the sunrise morning show coming up it's three till if you're planning to give an end of the year gift to sacred heart radio we are grateful and there are several ways to give including a stock gift through your ira or a donor advised fund There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center is offering weekend retreats this fall led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join us this October for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. 
register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. In the past decade, more people have chosen natural or green options when planning a funeral, and the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help. Natural or green burials are actually quite traditional. It's how people were laid to rest for most of human history. Find out more about natural or green options for burial or cremation at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, where they also offer zero financing for pre-planning. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or at cccsohio.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, a great place to shop for Christmas. From custom-made rosaries, heirloom-quality nativities, books and CDs, to Christ-centered gifts for the kids. St. Michael's Rosaries, online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. This is Father Benedict Hensler, pastor of Our Lady of Victory in Delhi. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. We continue on this Wednesday, the 11th of October, in prayer together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Remember your people, O Lord. You promised that the house of the Messianic King would last forever. Grant us the grace to put our trust in your fidelity rather than our own short-sightedness. You have made your promise known in the assembly of the Holy Ones. Teach us to hear and to live the words we pray when we are gathered for worship. You have clothed yourself in truth and beauty. Make us walk in the ways of truth and beauty today. O God, you have kept your covenant with every generation. In a world shadowed by the many infidelities of frail humanity, grant us faith and your enduring love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And since it is his feast today, Pope St. John XXIII, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for being along here as we continue through the week. It is almost halfway through the month of October. Can you believe it? Uh, So hopefully uh, those of you who have not taken this month dedicated to the Holy Rosary and ramped up your rosary devotions or uh, restarted them if they've been lagging, this is a good reminder that uh, there's still plenty of October left to, uh, to ramp up that rosary devotion. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman at the controls. Travis is putting our video stream online at sunrisemorningshow.com in the show notes. And up this hour, uh, we'll chat with Andrew Pettiprin, who's got an article for Catholic World Report about uh, the Superman, but not like the the DC kind, like the Nietzsche kind. Um, We'll discuss that with him. Steve Bowman has a film on love uh, that some of you have maybe perhaps heard about. Uh, There's a Fathom event 
to promote that. Dr. Jared Stout will be along as well this hour, so please do stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Republican and Democratic lawmakers are introducing a bill to provide $2 billion in aid for Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system. Democrats Josh Gottheimer of New Jersey and Brad Schneider of Illinois, along with Republicans Claudia Tenney of New York and Max Miller of Ohio, introduced the bill yesterday. Iron Dome is a system that intercepts rockets fired at Israel. Lawmakers from both parties have vowed to support Israel, but Congress cannot act because there is no Speaker of the House after Kevin McCarthy was removed last week. Republicans are scheduled to vote on a new Speaker today. Pope Francis, meanwhile, has made another appeal for peace in the Holy Land. EWTN's Joan Lewis reports at his general audience. He also asked for hostages to be released. The Holy Father acknowledging that a country attacked has a right to defend itself also expressed his concern for the, quote, total siege facing the Palestinians in Gaza, where there have been so many innocent victims. He said the Middle East does not need war but peace, a peace built on justice, dialogue, and the courage of fraternity. In addition to his public calls for peace, Pope Francis has made actual phone calls into Palestine to check on the small Christian population there. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Pope Francis is constantly following what is happening in the Gaza Strip, reaching out to the small Christian community by telephone earlier. Parish priest Father Gabriel Romanelli told Vatican News about the phone calls. Father Romanelli is currently in Bethlehem and in constant contact with the faithful. Speaking with Vatican News early Tuesday afternoon, he said the Pope had just called him a few minutes earlier and that the Pope expressed his closeness and offered his prayers. Father Romanelli said, we thanked him for his calls for a ceasefire and a stop to all violence, all terrorism and all war. He added that the Pope wanted to show his closeness and get in touch with the Christian community there through his vicar, who is assisting refugees in the parish. The Gaza Parish is home to around 150 people who have lost their homes or are seeking a safe place from the bombardments. Although, as Father Romanelli explains, the raids affect the entire area. There have been no deaths so far in the Christian community or damages. In all of Gaza, there have been over 770 deaths reported and 4,000 injured as a result of the Israeli raids in response to the terrorist attacks by Hamas on October 7th. Pope Francis also called yesterday, the parish priest recalled, explaining that the Pope wished to know how the people and the parish were doing. And Father Romanelli said the Pope imparted his blessing so that everyone may experience the closeness of the church. I'm Christopher Wells. Also during his Angelus address today, the whole er, Angelus address, his general audience today, the Holy Father extended his prayers to those suffering in the wake of the weekend earthquakes in Afghanistan and asked everyone to contribute to relief and recovery efforts. That appeal came just as another earthquake hit Afghanistan early today, just days after those two large quakes in the same region killed more than 2,000 people. The new 6.3 magnitude quake struck before dawn near Herat, a city of more than a half a million in the northwest of the country. Health officials said more than 100 people were taken to hospitals. When the quake hit, many people were sleeping outside because their homes were destroyed in the Saturday quakes. Hurricane Lydia is making landfall in Mexico as a Category 4 storm. Mark Mayfield reports. 
The National Hurricane Center reported that Lydia slammed into Puerto Vallarta on Tuesday evening and is expected to bring up to eight inches of rain to the area. The NHS called the storm extremely dangerous and warned residents flash floods and mudslides are possible, especially along the coast. The Hurricane Center has sustained winds of around 140 miles per hour, and the storm is moving northeast at 16 miles per hour. I'm Mark Mayfield. Seven more patients are suing a Yale fertility clinic because of the theft of fentanyl that led to their operations without any painkillers. The seven patients are joining nearly 70 others who previously sued the Yale Reproductive Endocrinology and Infertility Clinic. The suit claims the clinic failed to inform the patients that a former nurse had been stealing fentanyl from the facility and replacing it with saline. All of the patients say they experienced extreme pain during their surgical procedures. And the U.S. bishops are launching a national Catholic mental health campaign. They did so yesterday on World Mental Health Day, which seeks to raise awareness and remove stigmas associated with mental illness. The bishops said in their statement, quote, as pastors, we want to emphasize this point to anyone who is suffering from mental illness or facing mental health challenges. Nobody and nothing can alter or diminish your God-given dignity. Hopefully a great message to any of you out there who are having a rough time, feeling a little lonely, and uh, maybe wondering what it's all about or if it's going to be even a good day. Well, whether it is a good day or not a good day. God is here. You are loved. You are valuable. You matter. Yep. To God most especially. Especially if nobody else knows that, God knows that. And he sees you. He is the God who sees you as far down as you can be seen. And if you are one of those people, pray for us, Matt. Pray for us and your suffering. Yeah. What is it? Your suffering has value for the whole body of Christ. Yeah. What is it you like to say, Matt, if I'm if I'm nice? If I'm charitable, if I find out that you're having trouble, if I'm a charitable person, I'll pray for you. If I'm a smart person, I'll ask you to pray for me. I'm being smart this morning. So pray for us. Pray for those who are suffering, but get them to pray for you too. Because those people, as the psalmist tells us, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Andrew Pettiprin, who has a very provocative article over at Catholic World Report about uh, modern manhood. I don't know. I don't know the best way to sum this up, Andrew, but uh, you've. Uh, hit on a lot of points that I've been thinking about a ton lately. How are you? I'm good, Matt. I'm, I'm pleased as always to be with you. Yeah, you know, uh, just a lot of a lot of us these days, a lot of a lot of men in particular, but women too, just kind of feel lost in this world. And um, you know, we we feel increasingly like we're living in a a world where we've kind of turned our turned our backs to God, and yet that hunger for meaning will not go away. And so we therefore find ourselves looking for where to find it. We do indeed. And so this manifests in a bunch of different ways. And you touch on some of these uh, in your article, sort of a more progressive thing that is, uh, you know, perhaps more in the gender abolitionist realm where maybe none of these categories matter. Maybe all that matters is sort of this elevated sort of Gnostic sense of our own humanity you you got that on one side, and then the other side, my feed on Twitter seems to get clogged up more and more with what I would call 
sort of godless conservatism, just like a pure, mm-hmm. weird, like caveman version yeah. of, of humanity, uh, where some of these guys are getting into this like weird, like toxic, like psychotic masculinity that is like yeah. womanizing and objectifies all the worst things about being a male. So where is Christianity in this? And, and I mean, Christianity's dealt with both of these things before, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the genius of Christianity is that, you know, our strength is in Christ crucified, risen, and glorified, um, that our, our weakness is God's opportunity to um, reveal his strength in us. And so, you know, we, we reject these, um, you know, ancient notions of just sort of brute strength and will to power, you know, that the, the survival of the fittest um, just isn't, isn't the, the disposition that Christians are kind of called to, to um, display to the world. And yet, yeah, as you say, like, there's a kind of despair even among so-called conservative people, and especially younger men, who look out on the world and just see weakness everywhere, and so, you know, they're reading philosophers like Friedrich Nietzsche and, you know, thinking about just, you know, well, all that matters is just, you know, that I get mine. And that can manifest itself in treating women horribly or in just kind of being vain and, you know, hitting the gym, which is a great thing to do, of course. But just, you know, thinking of it purely in terms of an aesthetic of, of power rather than kind of being strong for the sake of something, namely to help people. Well, this is uh, something that was such a focus of the late Dr. Kevin Vost, who uh, did uh, countless segments on the Sunrise Morning Show about all these things. And Dr. Vost, I don't know if you knew him at all, but he was an uh, raised Catholic and then left after reading a whole bunch of Nietzsche and uh, you know became kind of an agnostic philosophy type, but he was also a bodybuilder. <laughs> so yeah. he kind of like fit a lot of these things. And having had a massive uh, reversion back to his Catholic faith, wrote all the time on this uh, intersection of uh, you know, a sound mind and a sound body and um, the idea of perfecting the body so that you can be a dynamo for charity so that you can give to others. And, you know, what I find both on the hyper-intellectual side of things and on the, you know, hyper-physical side of things, and both of them are, you know, trying to appeal to you being better than other people, right, uh, is that the, the Catholic faith is is kind of like a an antidote to all of that. It wants a sound mind and a sound body, but somehow or another it's humility that's supposed to be driving the whole thing, which is completely counter to yeah. where all these movements are going. Yeah, and I just I, I think we need you know we we as men, but all of us as Catholics need to really um, shout that from the rooftops, especially to kind of younger people who are looking for meaning in the world today, because there are all of these competing voices. There are you know for for this vacuum that we have of meaning and leadership, we'll we'll find um, we'll find um, counterfeits stand in place of of truth. And we'll find a kind of uh, a message of power replacing uh, a message of truth and humility. And um, you know, the 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 thing about uh, the thing about our faith is that yeah, in 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 the authentic message of the gospel and in its proponents, we find that message of humility and strength. We find truth and you know, truth and beauty and unity. We find a way to kind of um, make sense of our weakness. Uh, and, and our feeling of being lost in the world. 
to me, a great figure to look to is Pope Benedict XVI, who knew his Nietzsche. He knew his, you know, he knew his modern philosophy, and yet he's always pointing to a message of hope, not despair, looking actually into the void that we all face in modernity and saying, no, no, we're, we're walking over this tightrope, but um, actually there's great meaning beneath us if we, uh, if we allow ourselves to be embraced by the love of God and to be um, able to live our faith in, in the Church. And again, there are all these things that, you know, fly out there to try and, uh, you know, meet these sort of existential needs of men, whether it's that sort of Gnosticism, the pseudo-intellectual draw, right, mm-hmm. or um, the ability to kind of have the, the the hot political take. You know, in my generation, there was a whole bunch of people getting sucked into Ayn Rand and the Fountainhead, right? Uh, in, uh, you know, recent years, it's been people su- sucked into the crypto world to be like, you know, crypto bros, you know, who are making billions overnight, right, in their dreams, <laughs> right? All these things are like pulling on people. But what I find is that all those things come and go and they pass and and it's it's not what God wants for us. He's not trying to get us to get rich quick or to be out for ourselves or to be smarter than everyone else. He wants yeah. us to be part of the body of Christ. Yeah, he wants us to be servant leaders and to live lives of sacrifice. I mean, that's that's where the greatness is. It's not in uh, you know making making a lot of money and buying fancy watches and you know showing ourselves off on Instagram. I mean, you know, that's okay as far as it goes. But I mean, that 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 really is. Uh, not going to satisfy. It's not going to scratch that itch that we all feel in the world to, uh, to to feel a sense of belonging and to feel strong and to feel a sense that our lives matter. Um, we do find that in the cross. We do find our strength. Uh, and yeah, as you say, it's not in, in the latest um, kind of warmed over version of Gnosticism. It's not in kind of a rehashing of some kind of, you know, self-improvement, um, you know, self-help strategy. Um, it's in making a decision to live for others uh, that we find ourselves improved, you know? So I just say to young men, you know, get married and choose the difficult path or, or become a priest and choose the difficult path, whatever it may be, you know, but look for a life that is outside yourself and there you're going to find yourself. Yep. The more you look for yourself, the more dissatisfied you're going to be. <laughs> so. Indeed. Well, we've got your article for Catholic World Report, and it is called, uh, well, the title of it is Called to Be a Man in Christ, Not a Nietzschean Superman. Thanks so much, Andrew. Have a wonderful day. You too, Matt. Thank you. Back with headlines after this. It's 17 past. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. 
We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. The EWTN On Demand platform features 50 new podcasts every week, as well as an ever-expanding library of audio and video content. For Catholics who want to learn more about their faith, simply using their mobile device, computer, or TV. Your favorite EWTN programs are available 24-7. Visit EWTN.com and click On Demand. EWTN is the Global Catholic Network. 19 past. Here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis has made another appeal for peace in the Holy Land during his general audience today, also asking for hostages to be released. Another earthquake has hit Afghanistan today, and this happening as the Holy Father extended his prayers to those suffering in the wake of the weekend earthquakes in Afghanistan. And a new report from the Guttmacher Institute, the pro-abortion research organization. Abortions in North Carolina fell by more than 30% in one month. Praise God. Yeah. Next newscast coming up at 11 minutes. Well, at 11, 11 minutes. Min- in about 11 minutes. In 11 minutes from now. i got to work on my uh, prepositions this morning. You know, as Andrew was talking about, you know, all the different ways that, you know, men, single men who are waiting until their late 30s to think about marriage, mm-hmm. you know, all this, all these questions swirling about, it strikes me, and uh, you probably have these conversations as well, with uh, some really extraordinarily eligible. Extraordinary eligible women Mm -hmm. i know tons and tons of women who would be like amazing wives and moms who are smart and dedicated and virtuous and holy and practical and funny and good and i know like two dudes for this massive pool of eligible women yeah Yeah. it's (laughs) that doesn't mean that i know like lots of i know tons and tons of single men i loved what andrew said there guys Get married or Get become married a young. priest. Like, make a decision in life. Get off the internet. Go live your life. Give yourself to something live besides in yourself. Reality. Yeah. It's 21 past. Jesus said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Do business with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Check out the angels list on sacredheartradio.com. It's a list of businesses who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the angels list, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Hi, I'm Patrick Cagney with Cagney Family Real Estate, Coldwell Banker. Proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. My father, Guy, sister, Mar, and I have more than 60 years of real estate experience to help you with the most important buying and selling decisions. 
513-319-7312. Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping, 513-271-2332 or on the web at wimberglandscaping.com. That's wimberglandscaping.com. Cincinnati Right to Life presents the Golden Evening for Life. Thursday, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Answer the call to the front lines for life. Reservations at CincinnatiRightToLife.org. That's CincinnatiRightToLife.org. Many times, the death of a loved one occurs while they are away from home. Depending on the distance, this expense could cost their family tens of thousands of dollars. To help families, the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society offers the Travel Plan, which assists in bringing home a loved one if death occurs more than 100 miles from their residence. A reasonable one-time fee provides a lifetime of coverage. Find out more about the Travel Plan at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Steve Bowman with Paradisus Day, and that man is you. Steve, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am doing great. It's good to have you back on the show after many, many years since you uh, last joined us. And a good reason to come on. You've just narrated a documentary film that will be out in theaters a little later this month called What is Love? So, Steve, did you find out? What is love? <laughs> I did. I did. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. And obviously, uh, the church has been contemplating this mystery for 2,000 years, but I think it's more about the heart than the head. In what ways do you explore this topic of love? I mean, there are so many different ways, so many different directions that you could take a documentary film on, on love. So what, what directions do you take? You know, uh, we take the direction that the, uh, the in the old days the church had what they called the three wisdoms, that all of this is called to fit together. And so, and of course, we know that faith and science and reason and all of that all go together. So we actually combine three critical things, and that is obviously our faith, reason, in our case, science, and then great stories that this isn't just about academic, you know, research. This is about the lives we live. So we have some amazing stories, and then we pull them apart to see uh, how our faith and science help us understand it. When does this come out? Uh, October 16th, which happens to be the day that John Paul II uh, was elected pope. Ah, well, that works out nicely uh, with John Paul II and how much he had to speak on love, human love in particular. Tell us a little bit more about some of the stories that you tell in this documentary. Sure. You know, we've got stories literally from across the globe, and we cover, and we wanted this to be a a deeper discussion about love, not just kind of a superficial. And so we've got amazing stories, and they run the gamut. I mean, we have stories from love at first sight of two people who didn't even speak the same language, but they made it work. They're married, and 25 years later, they're still married in Hedera Hills. Do they understand each other yet? same language. Well, that's um, good. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but then we've got Immaculate Story, 
of course, the woman who forgave her, uh, the man who murdered her family. We've got a uh, John Pridmore, who's a man in London who was in the mafia, did really bad things, and as something of an Augustine Monica story, his mother prayed him back, uh, literally from a near-death experience. And so we've got all sorts of stories that uh, run the gamut. And we get to see the very different facets of love, from romantic love that we all think about. But we have Gianna Mola's story in there, a parent and a child. And so uh, we have lots of stories. What did you learn about love, Steve? Did you learn anything you didn't know before? Uh, Yeah. I learned that, you know, at the end of the day, truly, and I mean, when we say did learn anything you didn't know before, again, it's the head and the heart. And love is a gift of self, is how John Paul de- described it, right? Mm-hmm. And that gift of self, when it's made, and it's not the warm fuzzies, but you're doing it, and that can happen in dramatic moments, but it can happen in the middle of the night when your kid's sick and you get up, or when you're crashing and burning at work, but your child needs something, you have to do it, or your parent, and you need to go hold your parent's hand because now they're at the end of their life. And so it's really that gift of self and when that gift of self is made and it doesn't have the warm fuzzies and it's inconvenient or it's difficult, it's truly that self-sacrificial nature that I'm not thinking about myself, I'm thinking of someone else. That's love. That's really beautiful. Can you talk about that in light of the story of Immaculate Illipigiza and tell listeners a little bit, for those who are not, I know her her story is is fairly famous, but... Can you talk a little bit more about her story and how that idea of gift of self uh, plays out when you're forgiving someone who killed your family? Oh, my land. You know, so Immaculate was uh, in the Rwandan genocide. She hid in the closet for 91 days. Uh, When she came out of the closet, uh, she discovered that everyone in her family, with the exception of one of her brothers uh, that was in uh, Senegal because he was studying for veterinary school, Uh, The rest of her family had been killed. And then she had a vision where her family, and specifically her favorite brother, Damascene, appeared to her from heaven. And Damascene told her God expected her to go and forgive the man Felician who killed um, all of them. And she couldn't believe it, but she did it. And the beautiful thing that she discovered when she did it is, and at that point in time, Felician was imprisoned, and um, the thing that she discovered is she was the one who was set free, that when she did it, she was the one set free, and Felician, of course, remained in prison, and as she and I was talking, it was, she knew he has to live with this the rest of his life, and yet she's set free. And by the way, we take the science of all of this, A, that experience that she had with Damascene from heaven, can that be real or not? And then B, are we made to be compassionate? God made us to be compassionate. Incredible. We've been talking to Steve Bowman, and uh, you can get more information about this linked at Sunrise Morning Show, the documentary, What is Love? Steve, really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much. Take care. You bet. Thank you. And you can find all of our guests linked on a daily basis at sonrisemorningshow.com. Just click, 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 click on the show notes for today. It feels like a Monday the way I've been talking. My goodness. In any event, 
over in the show notes. That is also where you can find a link to join the live stream. Get a look at Matt's new glasses. You know, come uh, come join the fun on video over at sonrisemorningshow.com or check it out after the show if you'd like. Listen to the podcast. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. U.S. officials are investigating some of the Hamas militants who carried out the shocking attack on Israel. Whether they got advanced training from Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. They're also looking into whether Hamas used recent protests by Palestinians along Gaza's border fence to plant explosives used to break through the Israeli barrier last weekend. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said yesterday that Iran was complicit in the attack, which was far more sophisticated than past Hamas operations. Meanwhile, the first shipment of U.S. weaponry has arrived in Israel. Mark Mayfield reports. On Tuesday, a spokesperson for the Israel Defense Force said the first plane carrying advanced ammunition had landed at one of their air bases. They said Israel is grateful for the American support and assistance to the IDF in particular during this challenging period. The news came hours after President Biden spoke about the ongoing war, calling the Hamas terrorist attacks an act of sheer evil. More than a 1,000 Israelis and Palestinians have been killed so far in the conflict, along with at least 14 Americans. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Custos of the Holy Land has said he fears the Christian population in Palestine could disappear. The Christian population is uh, always a peaceful population. And uh, the risk when there are conflicts, confrontations and war is that uh, the Christian population is, we can say, the, the first victim after every war. Some of uh, the members of our communities uh, leave the country. And I think that particularly in Gaza, where the Christian community is a very small community, I, I fear that... Uh, because of the war, the risk is uh, that the Christian community in, in Gaza will disappear. Father Francesco Paton was speaking to L'Osservatore Romano. He said it is very dangerous for Christians to remain in Gaza, saying, quote, Now the information that we have are that Christians are safe in this moment, but we don't know the evolution during the next days. A Holy See representative has spoken to the executive committee of the U.N. High Commissioner's Program for Refugees, stressing the need for solidarity. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. Monsignor Daniel Pancho highlighted the plight of forcibly displaced people and the urgent need for global solidarity. More than 108 million people around the world are forcibly displaced. He stressed that these are not just numbers, but human beings with faces, each representing a unique story and struggle. Conflict, violence, persecution, and the impacts of climate change continue to drive mass displacement, a situation Pope Francis has described as a third world war being fought piecemeal. Monsignor Pacho expressed concern about ongoing conflicts, particularly the situation in Ukraine and the tragic consequences they entail, including loss of life, injuries, displacement, and immense socioeconomic damage. Such conflicts, Monsignor Pacho stressed, highlight the tragic absurdity of war. Central to the Holy See's position on the matter is the recognition of human dignity as the foundation for addressing the refugee crisis. 
Refugees are not mere recipients of assistance, but holders of rights and responsibilities, said Monsignor Pacho, underscoring the importance of not returning individuals to countries where they face human rights violations or life-threatening conditions. Monsignor Pacho went on to highlight the need to move beyond temporary solutions in emergency situations and work toward durable and long-term solutions. The Holy See also stressed the right to seek asylum as an extension of human dignity and fraternity, aligning with Pope Francis' call to avoid turning the Mediterranean from the cradle of civilization into the graveyard of dignity. In conclusion, the Holy See renewed its call for a global sense of fraternity, emphasizing that without it, fair societies and lasting peace are impossible. And that is Jones. And abortion in North Carolina fell by more than 30 percent in one month after the state's 12-week abortion ban went into effect. That according to an analysis by the pro-abortion research organization Guttmacher Institute, which showed there were more than 1,300 fewer abortions in July compared to June. A lead author of the report said the decline probably reflects fewer people traveling to North Carolina from out of state. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. Have you used our QR code to download the Sacred Heart Radio app? The app lets you hear Sacred Heart Radio from anywhere and gives you access to the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast. To get the app, visit sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockelman. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of Pope St. John the 23rd, Wednesday, October the 11th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Be ready for some rain today. Right now, temperatures in the upper 30s, lower 40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, clouds will build today with a slight chance for some rain this afternoon and a high of 69. Mostly cloudy and not quite as cold tonight with an overnight low of 58. Mostly sunny and warmer tomorrow with a high of 78. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, increasing clouds this afternoon with a spotty shower possible later in the day. A high of 68 today. Mostly cloudy tonight with scattered showers and an overnight low of 50. Some morning clouds with a few showers in the north and a high tomorrow of 77 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Jared Stout. We've been going through his book, How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization from Tan Books. Good morning, Dr. Stout. Good morning. Continuing our journey through through church history right now uh, to get a sense of, of the development of doctrine as it pertains to the Eucharist. So we talked before about 
how in the early church, the word transubstantiation wasn't used as such, but certainly the belief in that concept, if you will, was there. And and over time, teaching becomes more refined, especially when when heresies crop up and, and try to challenge orthodoxy in this matter. So that then takes us to the Fourth Lateran Council. What happened there? Well, we have transubstantiation being defined as a dogma. It was already taught definitively by the church, backed by local councils and the popes. Uh, but here it is actually put forward as a formula. That's what a dogma is, like a, a formula for belief by ordinary Catholics. So to say that to, to be a Catholic in good standing, this is a proposition that you must assent to, that the body and blood of Jesus Christ are made substantially present uh, during the Mass. And so then comes St. Thomas Aquinas. He's born about a decade after this council. Now, I mean, I don't know if we can stress enough just how important he is when it comes to our understanding of what the Church has taught from the beginning on the Eucharist. One of the great things about Aquinas is that he's not actually very novel. I mean, you can see brilliant insights here and there, but what he does is to condense the entire tradition of the church. He was very deeply immersed in scripture. Not everybody realizes that. They just think, oh, he was into philosophy. <laughs> but I mean, the Bible by far is the, the number one source uh, that he uses in the Summa. So you have scripture, you do have philosophy, which is relevant for the doctrine of transubstantiation. What's a substance? What does it mean to change from one substance to another substance? But you have the, the church fathers, all of the ecumenical councils, even recent controversies. We were talking about Berenger of Tours last week. That comes into Aquinas' thinking. So he brings all of this together and is able to distill it. Another thing that surprises people about Aquinas is that when you open up the Summa, it's actually composed of succinct articles. Um, and so he doesn't go on page after page after page on each topic. I mean, you can find more in-depth treatment of particular topics in other works of mm -hmm. his. But in the Summa, everything is is very short and and distilled so that you can easily understand it. He's a very clear and accessible writer. And that's really is what is of so much value when it comes to transubstantiation. He's taking the whole tradition of the church on the teaching of the Eucharist, breaks it up into these easily digestible articles, and lays out a very definitive treatment of the theology of the Eucharist. Yeah, you know, and something that I thought was interesting that, that you write about in the book here, Dr. Stout, is um, I, I was thinking about it because we're here on earth so when we're looking at the Eucharist, um, I think our minds automatically, if we're trying to think about transubstantiation and all of that, we're thinking about, you know, the bread and the wine being substantially changed. But something I never really thought about is like, what's happening with Jesus in heaven when all of this is taking place on the altar? And that actually was a big controversy earlier in the Middle Ages. Um, is the Eucharist the very same body and blood of Jesus Christ in heaven? And during the period of monastic theology, people disagreed on that. Some said yes, some said no. Uh, but the doctrine of transubstantiation points to the fact that, you know, Jesus only has one body. 
Um, and this, of course, this is resurrected body in heaven, and that is the body that is made present to us on the altar. Now, I suppose, you know, if there's any extension of that body, it's not in the Eucharist because that's the very same body. But if you want to look beyond that, it would be us, right? We're mystically right. incorporated into the body of Christ. But we receive that grace by receiving Christ's actual body and blood that are in heaven when we come to the sacrament. But Aquinas makes it clear it's not that body and blood leaving heaven and kind of moving down, like taking a train or something from heaven mm -hmm. down to the altar. He says it's a unique mode of presence. So it's a sacramental presence. So what does that mean? Through through the miracle of transubstantiation, the, the body and blood of Christ, which are in heaven, are made present in a unique way, right? You know, if I wanted to be present at a church a thousand miles away, right, I'd have to get in my car or get on a plane or whatever and travel over there without moving, right, without uh, leaving heaven or anything like that, Jesus can be present upon all of the altars of the world, even at the same moment, in part, of course, because he is the Son of God, right? And so miraculously, he is able to present his body uh, to us at every single Mass. Well, it's really incredible what St. Thomas Aquinas was able to uh, accomplish, if you will, in, in the Summa. And the Summa is all well and good, Dr. Stout, but those hymns he wrote, oh my gosh, they're incredible. So Aquinas was a professor at the University of Paris. Uh, he was there as a student, and then he did two different teaching stints there. Uh, but, you know, he was a native of central Italy, and he spent a good amount of time there, too. And so during uh, one of his kind of interim periods uh, in between teaching stints in Paris, he was back uh, working underneath the Pope. And, and during this time, he established um, a Dominican House of Studies in Rome, which is now the Angelicum College. But the popes, you know, kind of traveled around that area. And there was a pope up in Viterbo, uh, Italy, when a nearby miracle happened. It was the miracle of Bassano, um, which is now stored in the cathedral at Orvieto. So people call it the, the miracle of Bassano or Orvieto, both. And there was a priest who was doubting the reality of transubstantiation. And the host actually bled uh, during, as he was elevating the host, bled down onto the altar and down the steps of the church in Balsano. Um, this was the same time when a, a mystic in Liège, Belgium, was calling for the institution of the Feast of Corpus Christi, uh, that she had had revelations that the Lord was asking for this feast uh, dedicated to his body, Eucharistic body. So Aquinas just happened to be in that area when this miracle happened which inspired the Pope to establish the Feast of Corpus Christi for the entire church. And so he said, okay, Aquinas, right? You're this great theologian. How about writing some poetry, right? And because uh, the new feast day required hymns, especially for the, the divine office, the liturgy of the hours, but also for the mass, um, there's a sequence that we read uh, before the gospel on the Feast of Corpus Christi. So Aquinas wrote these hymns, which show that, you know, he's not just this egghead, right? He has this romantic, more poetic uh, sensibility um, as well. And you may not know this, but, you know, when you go to Mass and then afterwards, you know, sometimes we'll have benediction of Blessed Sacrament, you know, you may hear these hymns, you know, um, 
Tantum ergo sacramentum, o salutaris hostia, or even on Holy Thursday at the Mass, mm-hmm. Pange lingua gloriosi, right? Th- these are hymns of St. Thomas Aquinas. And then also the sequence for Cor- Corpus Christi, which is Laude Zion. And you can see how he put, you know, this more complicated theology into poetic form for the, for the average person. For instance, one of the things he talks about in the Summa is that when the priest breaks the host, that Christ is fully present in both pieces of the host. So and in this Laude Zion sequence, he says, they too who of him partake sever not, nor rend, nor break, right? You know, you're not breaking mm. Jesus when you break the host, but entire their Lord receive, whether whether one or thousands eat, all receive the selfsame meat, nor the less for others leave, right? So, you know, when, when you're consuming Jesus, you're not like taking them all up for yourself, right? Everyone partakes of them whole and complete, no matter how many hosts there are, no matter how many pieces the hosts are breaking into, everyone is, is receiving the full and entire Christ. And so that's one example of a poetic rendering of one of his theological points from the Summa. And it's really amazing how well he does it. Thank you so much, Dr. Jared Stout. You can find his book, How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Today, the feast of Pope St. John the Twenty-Third. And we're going to talk about him next here on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 13 till. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is. And put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare, 844-334-3245. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonrisemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonrisemorningshow.com. This month's devotion is to the Holy Rosary. St. John Paul II called the Rosary his favorite prayer, in which we meditate with Mary upon the mysteries which she, as a mother, meditated on in her heart. The Rosary is one of the most cherished prayers of our Catholic faith. Join in this devotion to Mary and strengthen our connection to Our Lady with rosary beads, bracelets, boxes, pouches, and rings. Available at EWTNRC.com. Hi, this is Cy Kellett. Later today on Catholic Answers Live, Trent Horn is here. Ask Trent anything. Catholic Answers Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 11 minutes before the hour, here's Anna with headlines. 
Pope Francis has made another appeal for peace and justice in the Holy Land as war rages between Israel and Hamas militants. The custos of the Holy Land has said he fears that the Palestinian Christian population could disappear. And abortion in North Carolina, according to the Guttmacher Institute, fell by more than 30% in one month after the state's 12-week abortion ban went into effect. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And Anna Mitchell, we've had a couple of feasts like this this week. Uh, Normally, when a saint is canonized and their date assigned to the calendar, it's the day that they die. Mm -hmm. Uh, But earlier this week, we celebrated the feast of St. John Henry Newman, whose October 9th feast is not the day that Newman died, but rather the date that he was received into the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the same kind of situation with Pope St. John the 23rd, who uh, was not put on the calendar on June 3rd. Uh, he died on June 3rd, 1963, but rather he's today, October the 11th, and of course that marks the anniversary. It was October 11th in 1962 that the Second Vatican Council was opened. So Indeed. It's, uh, it's kind of interesting. What is uh, also interesting uh, about that is, you know, he died on June the 3rd in 1963. It was in 1964 that the people we celebrate on June the 3rd, the Ugandan martyrs, mm. were canonized by the guy who came after him. There's a little side little side piece there. Well, that's neat. Isn't that neat? Let me see. Who's Is there any major feast day other than the martyrs of Uganda on June Ah, uh, I should go back and look. I don't I didn't think, think so. To, yeah. I didn't think to look. A lot um, of times it's because, you know, the death day is on a significant feast day already and so they pick one so that we can celebrate them in their own right but well bear in mind uh the october 11th date uh has been marked in a few ways by the church over the years including uh in 1992 it was october 11th in 1992 on the 30th anniversary of the opening of the second vatican council that an extraordinary synod of bishops kind of put that project out to the world that we know now as the catechism of the Catholic catholic church indeed so the birthday of the opening of the Second Vatican Council and the birthday of the Catechism are on the same date. Are in fact the same. So the Catechism is then 31 years old today. Is that right? It's, whatever it is, it's 30 years older than the Second Vatican Council. Right. There you go. There you go. Um, Matt, uh, did you see the picture I sent you? Oh, uh, a little... Uh painting of john the 23rd john, in there. john the 23rd is in, is the, in, in your if office you're gonna watch the video live stream you can see john the 23rd here in studio with me uh the microphone right up to his mouth travis is gonna pull it up i think if he can oh. get it if he can get the oh that's paul lockman travis Paul Lockman and John the 23rd do not get uh, that, often Okay, those of you another. watching the video live stream, that was not John the 23rd just now. <laughs> we'll see if John the 23rd can uh, can pop he up can here. But, Matt, I've been reading through Pacham and Terrace this morning. Oh, there he mm-hmm. is. In the studio, Pope John the 23rd. There he is. No, Paul Lockman's wearing his Expos hat in there. Yeah, he is. He and is his blue indeed. jacket's hoodie. Okay, so... I have been in this Catholic political thought course with the Institute of Catholic Culture. Sure, with uh, taught by Dr. Dr. Pecknold. Chad Pecknold, indeed. And so we've been going through. I mean, it's basically just been, um, you know, traipsing through the the great papal 
encyclicals in in Catholic social teaching, Catholic political thought. And we have not gotten to John the 23rd yet. I think he's in a couple of weeks yet. We're um, we're currently in Leo the 13th. So week two of Leo the 13th. But Pachamanteris is, I mean, I've, I'm not even that far into it yet. And I'm just amazed by by how how simple it all seems, and yet how far we have strayed as a human society in terms of this, um, you know, our adherence to individual rights, the individual being the basic unit of society and our rights being paramount, and how problematic that becomes and how quickly problematic it becomes. You look at every hot-button issue going in the campaign trail right now, and they all have to do with someone pitting an individual right Mm -hmm. against another individual right, which is an interesting thing that we've evolved this far as a society, um, except, well, there are a number of ways that we got here. One of them was by uh, deleting the theological principle of a visible church and going to individual salvation as a primary principle going back to the Reformation, but the church has never said that the individual is the basic unit of society. The church has always said that something else is the basic unit of society. And John XXIII stresses that at the very beginning of Pachamanteris, that the family is the basic unit of society. It is the family in which we learn to live in community. He writes, to cite a few examples, the right of every man to life is correlative to the duty to preserve it. His right to a decent standard of living with the duty of living it becomingly and his right to investigate the truth freely with the duty of seeking it ever more completely and profoundly. And this is where I think our modern times have very much gone astray is in the focus on us as individuals, we have lost sight of the common good that our our right i mean there was never a time when individuals didn't have rights i mean you go back to the middle ages when there was kings ruling everything or you even go back to like greek times with the like there were you had rights as a human person they were never but when we start making that the the basic form of governance in protecting individual rights it we've lost sight of our own duty to society in exchange for those rights think about the classic libertine line you hear tossed around in about an american society do whatever you want so long as you don't hurt anybody well that's a lot harder to stick to if you live in a house yeah family yeah it is <laughs> you've certainly got to figure out that maybe your things that you do actually hurt people in ways that you don't realize. This, by the way, is the key to understanding Laudato Si as well. Yes. Pope Francis is like, no wonder you guys blow everything up. You you don't even know what a family is. (laughs) We're back again tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.
Family, thank you for putting a Sacred Heart Radio bumper magnet on your vehicle. Because our recent listener survey told us just how many of you started listening after seeing one of our bumper magnets. In fact, some have declared that our bumper magnets are life changers. So to change lives, just take a drive. Showing off your Sacred Heart Radio bumper magnet. Now they're free, so to get one or a stack for your parish, go to sacredheartradio.com and click Signs and Magnets. That's sacredheartradio.com. Click Signs and Magnets. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one. Theabrasiveone.com. Theabrasiveone.com. Cincinnati Right to Life presents the Golden Evening for Life, Thursday, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Featuring former abortionist Dr. John Bruchowski, musician Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North, activist Mark Hauk, abortion survivor Rebecca Kiesling, and Sacred Heart Radio's Anna Mitchell, the Golden Evening for Life, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Reservations at CincinnatiRightToLife.org. That's CincinnatiWriteToLife.org. We need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Kuharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles. Proudly partnering with Dayton Right to Life and the Stork's Nest Baby Pantry to support babies and families in need. More information online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. This is Archbishop Dennis Schnur from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. On this Wednesday, the 11th of October, it is the Feast of Pope St. John the 23rd. Here's a prayer he wrote for peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Lord Jesus Christ, who are called the Prince of Peace, who are yourself our peace and reconciliation, who so often said peace to you, grant us peace. Make all men and women witnesses of truth, justice, and brotherly love. Banish from their hearts whatever might endanger peace. Enlighten our rulers that they may guarantee and defend the gift of peace. 
May all people of the earth become as brothers and sisters. May longed-for peace blossom forth and reign always over us all. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Pope St. John the Twenty-Third, pray for us. Happy birthday to the Catechism, which I read literally every day for work. I uh, promise I'm not coming up with all this stuff on my own. I cheat off of people much smarter than me. So, it's the truth. You should have one around if you don't have one. Happy birthday to the Catechism. Up this hour, Anna Mitchell's got news. Paul Lockman has sports. And Laura Streetman will be along with a pro-life news update. Father Frank Donio with more thoughts on uh, the spirituality of St. Vincent Pilati. If I'm not mistaken, I think Pope John Twenty-Third actually canonized St. Vincent Pilati. He didn't canonize that many people, but I think he canonized St. Vincent Pilati. Ken Craycraft will share some thoughts on Laudate Deum. And Doug uh, Jager and Father Paul Lichtig are going to be with us to talk about the ninth annual men's Eucharistic procession going on in Cincinnati. So uh, clear your calendars, gentlemen. It's a good time, and it's a powerful way to share your faith on the streets of the Queen City. Right now it's two minutes past. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. U.S. officials are investigating whether some of the Hamas militants who carried out the shocking attack on Israel over the weekend got advanced training from Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. They're also looking into whether Hamas used recent protests by Palestinians along Gaza's border fence to plant explosives used to break through the Israeli barrier last weekend. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said yesterday Iran was complicit in the attack, which was far more sophisticated than past Hamas operations. In addition to his public calls for peace, including today at his general audience, Pope Francis has made actual phone calls into Palestine to check on the small Christian population there. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Pope Francis is constantly following what is happening in the Gaza Strip, reaching out to the small Christian community by telephone earlier. Parish priest Father Gabriel Romanelli told Vatican News about the phone calls. Father Romanelli is currently in Bethlehem and in constant contact with the faithful. Speaking with Vatican News early Tuesday afternoon, he said the Pope had just called him a few minutes earlier and that the Pope expressed his closeness and offered his prayers. Father Romanelli said, we thanked him for his calls for a ceasefire and a stop to all violence, all terrorism, and all war. He added that the Pope wanted to show his closeness and get in touch with the Christian community there through his vicar, who is assisting refugees in the parish. The Gaza Parish is home to around 150 people who have lost their homes or are seeking a safe place from the bombardments. Although, as Father Romanelli explains, the raids affect the entire area. There have been no deaths so far in the Christian community or damages. In all of Gaza, there have been over 770 deaths reported and 4,000 injured as a result of the Israeli raids in response to the terrorist attacks by Hamas on October 7th. Pope Francis also called yesterday, the parish priest recalled, explaining that the Pope wished to know how the people and the parish were doing. And Father Romanelli said the Pope imparted his blessing so that everyone may experience the closeness of the church. I'm Christopher Wells. Early in-person voting for Ohio's general election gets underway today. Now through the 27th, early voting locations will be open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday 
with hours expanding closer to Election Day, which is November 7th. State residents will be deciding on two major ballot issues next month. Passing issue one would enshrine abortion in Ohio's Constitution. Passage of issue two would make recreational marijuana legal for Ohioans age 21 and up. Hurricane Lydia is making landfall in Mexico as a Category 4 storm. Mark Mayfield reports. The National Hurricane Center reported that Lydia slammed into Puerto Vallarta on Tuesday evening and is expected to bring up to 8 inches of rain to the area. The NHS called the storm extremely dangerous and warned residents flash floods and mudslides are possible, especially along the coast. The Hurricane Center has sustained winds of around 140 miles per hour and the storm is moving northeast at 16 miles per hour. I'm Mark Mayfield. Another earthquake hit Afghanistan early today, just days after two large quakes in the same region killed more than 2,000 people. The new 6.3 magnitude quake struck before dawn near Herat, a city of more than a half a million in the northwest of the country. Health officials said more than 100 people have been taken to hospitals. When the quake hit, many people were sleeping outside because their homes were destroyed in Saturday's quakes. During his general audience today, Pope Francis extended prayers for those affected by these earthquakes. And the U.S. bishops are launching a national Catholic mental health campaign. They did so yesterday on World Mental Health Day, which seeks to raise awareness and remove stigmas associated with mental illness. The bishops say in a statement, quote, as pastors, we want to emphasize this point to anyone who is suffering from mental illness or facing mental health challenges. Nobody and nothing can alter or diminish your God-given dignity. Coming up on 8.07 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. The American League Division Series continued yesterday. The Texas Rangers completed their three-game sweep of the Baltimore Orioles with a 7-1 to finish in Game 3 from Globe Life Field. Not that exciting of a ballpark name. Texas, though, advances to their first ALCS since 2011 in Minnesota. The Astros had a problem with the, uh, or the uh, Twins had a problem with the Astros. Houston takes down Minnesota 9-1. to Final score there. Game 4 will take place today. Why not? No better time than the present. In the uh, National League Division Series, Atlanta visits Philadelphia. L.A. will uh, take on Arizona. Diamondbacks up two games to none on the Dodgers, while the Braves and Phillies tied at one game apiece. NHL season got underway yesterday. How about this? The Golden Knights uh, picked up a 4-1 win over the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Action got underway with the Tampa Bay Lightning defeating the uh, Nashville Predators 5-3. And the Chicago Blackhawks beat the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins 4-2. to two. Anna Mitchell, can you tell I'm like uh, on gas fumes of sports here if I have to uh, report that You're the NHL You're reporting season. all around the NHL. Like, that's... Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited. The Blue Jackets will start up tomorrow. So uh, that's always uh, fun. Uh, one more team that we get to follow. Uh, no mm-hmm. FC Cincinnati. They usually play it on Wednesdays. So uh, that, that takes that away. But... You know, we'll have college basketball here soon enough. Uh, mm-hmm. College football, the only bummer about that is it's only on, it's usually only on Saturdays that we uh, that we care or focus. So it's not like I can report on 
college football there might throughout be the some week. good Thursday night games. Yeah, you, you know, I, I got to figure it out. But yeah, uh, of course, uh, Thursday night football. Start we'll, doing we'll, some research we'll on high school football. Well, like, again, yeah, high school football, the, then they, they only play on Friday. Like high schools. Well, yeah, but yeah. we're getting close toward playoff time. Yeah, it just doesn't help the Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, middle of the day. Well, just come up with a sports. story. You're right. Yeah. You know, right, like, you know? hey, give us the uh, the state of state. Of, this is free advice, Paul. Thank free you. Advice. I appreciate okay, it. so I want to hear about Roger Bacon, my alma mater. Shocker. Um, you could, you could keep us, you do keep us posted on Elder, but Muller and St. X, I know there are a lot of fans. LaSalle. It's true. Though yesterday, if you actually got to hear the, uh. doing well, I think. Yeah, I heard part of your interview with, uh, the Fox 19 guy. Yeah. Jeremy Rao. Pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Cool. I thought it was pretty cool. So I, I guess you know what the sports rubbing de- elbows the, with celebrities. The, the sports desk is uh, is 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 filled up enough. Let's uh, hopefully the uh, traffic line or the traffic lane, I should say, isn't filled up that much. Traffic a service on a Wednesday of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. How busy are you over there? Eh, just a few slow spots to report. Um, luckily, no accidents blocking any lanes. A few of them on the shoulder, but hopefully not too bad. Southbound 71, we'll start there. You're slowing from Field Turtle down to the Norwood Lateral. Uh, outer loop of 275 in that area. Going westbound, you're slowing from Ward's Corner up towards 71. Southbound 75, off and on heavy and slow from Union Center Boulevard through the Lachlan Split. Eastbound 74, you're on the brakes from North Bend into the 75 interchange. And then you'll slow going north from there on up to the lateral. In northern Kentucky, northbound 7175 is slow from just past Turfway up toward the Cut in the Hill. Northbound 471 slowing from 275 up to the river. And then the inner loop of 275 going westbound at the bottom of the loop, slowing through the construction from Turkey Foot over toward Mineola Pike. Now for weather, building clouds today with a slight chance for some rain in Cincinnati and a high of 69 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 54. Mostly sunny tomorrow and high of 78 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunny to start with increasing afternoon clouds and a spotty shower possible today. A high of 68. Mostly cloudy with scattered showers tonight and an overnight low of 50. Morning clouds with a few showers north of I-70 today, uh, tomorrow, that is, then decreasing afternoon clouds and high of 77 degrees. Today is Wednesday, October the 11th, the, pe- the feast of Pope St. John the 23rd. Pray for us. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is our pro-life correspondent, Laura Streetman from Cincinnati Right to Life. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. It's a big day today in Ohio with early voting getting underway, especially with such a big issue on the ballot. That's exactly right. So we're 27 days away from November 7th, where in-person voting at your polling location begins. But today, as you stated, early voting begins at the Board of Elections in your county. Um, And as listeners most likely know, the enshrinement of abortion up to the moment of birth is on the Ohio ballot as issue one. And the Catholic Church across the entire state of Ohio has been leading the way and teaching the moral aspect of what is at stake in our state with this issue. 
And, you know, we thank our bishops and our priests for teaching our church, the entire flock, the seriousness of what is being attempted here in Ohio. And as listeners who tune in know, we've discussed for most of 2023, the abortion industry led by the ACLU and Planned Parenthood are attempting put the most dangerous and extreme abortion law into a state constitution in the United States. So this is more radical than California, New York, Illinois, and they're trying to do it right here in America's heartland, Ohio. The constitutional amendment that they're attempting would change the face of our state radically and cause damage to Ohio forever by enshrining abortion up to the moment of birth making this legal and so legal that it would be a constitutional right to have an abortion up to birth in Ohio. And, of course, we can only imagine that our state would become forever deformed and thousands upon thousands, and if you count the generations lost, millions of lives are at stake with this issue one. Um, The amendment is so extreme, it would remove all the health and safety protections that are in place in Ohio for women such as laws that require an ultrasound before the abortion, and the mom has to view the ultrasound. That's even a law here in Ohio. 24-hour waiting period so that women just don't walk in and have abortion on demand. And, of course, parental consent laws that protect minors from being taken for abortions by rapists and abusers. And to top it all off, analysts say that our tax dollars would fund these abortions in Ohio if issue one passes. And if I could just jump in here for a second, Laura, if listeners, and I'm not sure that there are any listening right now who wouldn't believe what you're saying, but just in case somebody's thinking this cannot be, um, go read the Ohio Attorney General's unbiased, I mean, I know he's pro-life, But um, he went in and did an analysis of all of the laws that have been challenged um, in the past in other states that don't have. I mean, basically, what would uh, what how this would open the state up to so many lawsuits to have all of these laws that you've just been going through um, challenged and and. Uh, very likely overturned in court if Ohio has a constitutional amendment like the one that that we have on the ballot. And, you know, I technically am not allowed to tell someone how to vote on this issue. And so I'm not going to tell someone how to vote on this issue, but I can report on what other people are saying. And the bishops of Ohio have been outspoken against issue one and um, encourage folks to to please get educated on this and to please um, pass along particularly uh, the attorney general's report on this um, was was very helpful in seeing um, just what is at stake with um, with this constitutional amendment that is being proposed that's exactly right and in fact Right before I came on air, I read a piece of legislation from Michigan, and I'll get that up on Cincinnati Right to Life's website later today. But it's a piece of legislation that, in fact, shows that because this very similar type of a constitutional amendment was enshrined into Michigan's constitution, that now they have this legislation that will insist 
all of these safety protections are now repealed in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like buying a pack of gum in Michigan, an abortion will. You know, it's funny. I was what- reading, um, I think it was the Guttmacher Institute put out um, some doc. I don't, I don't know. I get. I, I put myself on their email list to, to see what, what they're coming out with. And they keep... They, they talk about these safety regulations that are in place for a dentist's office, a LASIK eye surgery place. These, these kind of um, these, these, these safety regulations that are in place for all of these other places that have even more minor surgeries than an abortion clinic, what they would claim is a minor surgery at an abortion clinic. Um, they have to abide by having hallways a certain width so that stretchers can get through a dentist's office does and to say that these are unnecessary and just to uh, place restrictions on abortion is is ludicrous they need to have if if there's anything that is going to be anything close to surgery these abortion these abortion these safety regulations are in place that's exactly right. And, and, and you know, just think, you, can, you know, 18-year-olds, you have to be 18. I went in UDF, got a convenience store last week and was buying something. And you looked at the counter and you thought the regulations just to buy a pack of cigarettes or chewing mm-hmm. tobacco, 18, yeah. and they have to flash their ID. Yeah. So going into an abortion clinic to end the life of your pre-born child, a very, very dangerous procedure. We all know it's dangerous. It's not like having a mammogram or a colonoscopy, it is dangerous for women to have that procedure performed without getting into the graphic violation of it. it it's dangerous. And to think that with this amendment, girls could walk in and have an abortion on demand with no parental involvement or consent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe this is the great awakening, Annie. Maybe people will start to pay attention that they've been being sold a pack of big fat lies about abortion and what abortion is. Maybe, well, and maybe Cincinnati Right to Life has been working for 50 years to uphold the dignity of the human person from conception to natural death. And we're going to be celebrating Cincinnati Right to Life in uh, just a few days now. Right. Just 10 days away. Um You know, not everyone realizes that the pro-life movement, the pro-life movement as it is today, was founded right here in Cincinnati by Dr. Wilkie and his wife, Barbara. And it was founded on their kitchen table in the late 60s. And then Cincinnati Rights Life was incorporated in 1973, in April of 73, three months after the Supreme Court's Roe decision, which legalized abortion through all nine months in America. So this is ground zero for the pro-life movement. And you know, if this constitutional amendment and we weren't fighting so hard, this is what we'd be focused on, the 50 years of work of Cincinnati Rights Life. But the Wilkies would want us to be focused right on yeah. what we're fighting. So we're going to be honoring our 50th anniversary on October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center, and you're going to be with us as our MC. But, Annie, I'm sure you've looked at the guests we have. That night oh, yeah. is going to be what an incredible night. Yes. Um You know, firstly, we're going to have Mike Dunahee with us, and he is from 10th Avenue North, the the lead singer. Um, A lot of people say, who's that? But then when you hear the music, you go, oh, wow, those are my favorite songs. He's a top Christian performing artist, and he has a very close connection to Cincinnati Rights Life and the Wilkies. And he'll share with us that night why he's so closely tied 
to Cincinnati. And this is a performing artist that sells out stadiums of 50,000. Wow. And he is coming in a cappella to sing and perform for us and stand for life in Ohio. So that alone is a not-to-be-missed opportunity. And, um, Annie, we have Mark Houck, who is the pro-life advocate, father whose home was invaded mm-hmm. in front of his children, the FBI, and he was arrested for witnessing outside Planned Parenthood. And praise God, we have Dr. John Bertelski with us. Cool. And he is a former abortionist who is now a pro-life OBGYN, a Catholic OBGYN, who follows the church's teachings completely in matters of reproduction health. And we'll also have Rebecca Kiesling, who's a beautiful mom from Michigan. She was conceived in rape, but she's going to be a, she's an attorney now. And she's going to give us an update of what life is like in Michigan a year after their constitutional amendment uh, was passed to enshrine abortion. So we're honored to have you, and it'll be great to see you in person. And we still have some tickets left. They're going fast. It for sure will sell out. So listeners, please join us on Thursday, October 19th at the Sharon Vulcan Convention Center for our 50th anniversary. And CincinnatiRightToLife.org is linked at SunriseMorningShow.com so you can head over and uh, get a ticket so that you can join us. And then just quickly, Laura, there's also um, a prayer vigil happening in Mount Adams this weekend. Right. Friday night at 7 p.m. on the anniversary of the miracle at Fatima. Please join us to pray the steps. Um, just at the base right below Holy Cross Immaculata. And, you know, a, a group of us and many people, everyone is invited to pray for Ohio on the steps that we know where many miracles through the intercession um, of prayers have happened by praying the steps. Fabulous. Please join us Friday. Friday, 7 p.m. at the bottom of the steps at Holy Cross Immaculata in Mount Adams. Laura, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, it's 22 past. We're back with traffic and weather right after this. <laughs> It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marianne Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Good food can still be fast food. Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has a convenient online store at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. They're all your favorite prepared foods like their delicious homemade soups, beef barbecue, chicken and stuffing, and sweet potato casserole, all available at a click of a button for same-day pickup. They also have high-quality fresh meats like pork, veal, chicken, beef, and seafood, and even produce. Fast, convenient shopping on the go at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. 24 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive at pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Few lingering slow spots, one from Union Center Boulevard down through the Lachlan Split on southbound 75, southbound 71 from Fields Ertle to the Norwood Lateral. 
Northbound 71, 75, slowing from just before 275 up toward the cut in the hill. Also a little slow still going through the construction on westbound 275 at the bottom of the loop from Turkey Foot over towards 7175. Now for weather. Building clouds today with a slight afternoon rain chance in Cincinnati. A high today of 69 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 54. Mostly sunny tomorrow and a high of 78. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, increasing clouds today, spotty shower possible, high of 68. Mostly cloudy tonight with scattered showers and an overnight low of 50. Some morning clouds and a few showers to the north tomorrow and a high of 77 degrees. Now please pray with me the daily prayer for Ohio ahead of the November election with early voting starting today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart, offer the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Father Frank Donio is next. It's 26 past. Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is commemorating the 50th anniversary of the end of the Vietnam War. The ceremony is Saturday, October 28th, 2 p.m. at the Veterans Garden at 11,000 Montgomery Road and will feature keynote speakers, presentation of service pins to veterans, and a rosary following the ceremony. Please help honor this generation of brave men and women and their families. More information at gateofheaven.org slash events. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymaid.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton. RoseAutomotiveGroup.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Father Frank Donio from the Catholic Apostolate Center. Father, good morning. Good morning, Matt. You know, when I was an evangelical Christian for all of my life up to about the age of 25, anytime any of us were doing anything out in the world related to our faith, we always called it a ministry. Uh, and the Catholic Church, there's a distinction between ministries and apostolates. We're going we're gonna to get into that uh, over the next couple of weeks. But why would we call what uh, so many of us do when we're out in the world sharing our faith and working with organizations that share our faith? Why would we use the word apostolate there? Well, because in Catholic theology, which is very different from evangelical theology, as you rec- fully recognize, you know, that's, that's more a, a me and Jesus type of theology. 
what we do is always in and through the church. No ifs, ands, or buts. And so the connection is with the apostles. And this understanding, which was enshrined in the decree on the apostles of the laity in the Second Vatican Council, and it's a good day that we're talking because today's the feast day of Pope St. John the Twenty-Third, who opened the Second Vatican Council on October 11th, 1962. And it was in that that decree that said that the baptized are uh, are apostles. Now that's with a small a. That means being sent. That all of us are sent by Christ. We don't just go off. We're not freelance. We're not just going off and doing our own thing. We are sent by Christ out into the world, just like the the apostles were sent. And we're meant to bring faith to others, to bring healing to bring God's mercy as well. Well, it is such a, a, an important distinction, and it might seem like hair-splitting, but just by calling uh, you know, Sacred Heart Radio, for example, an apostolate, we're acknowledging that Sacred Heart Radio does not have charge of the sacraments, right? <laughs> but we are acknowledge, we're acknowledging that we do take the graces we received in the sacraments, uh, which were handed to us through the hands of the apostles and the people they success, uh, that, that were successors to them and those who were ordained through them, we take that grace out to somewhere else. We are sent by the church out to these places, and we can go a lot of places where priests and the rest of the church can't always go. Right. That is part of what, it, what, we're, what apostolate is about. Uh, um, there are people who engage in ministry, but we have to keep that connected to uh, to the church I- itself, and by church I mean the, the parish community or particular official ministries of the church. There, uh, for the baptized and the confirmed, always with a connection with the with the church. But once we receive that baptism, once we are uh, particularly confirmed, we go forth for Christ. And some also some organizations are called apostolates. Interestingly enough, Catholic Apostolate Center is a ministry of the Palatine Fathers and Brothers. And that may sound confusing, but Pilati believed, St. Vincent Pilati, our patron and the founder of the Palatines, believed that all people were called to be apostles. And he called that work Catholic Apostolate. It was really controversial in the 1830s in Rome to be saying that lay people could do apostolate. That was very controversial and really was not fully accepted. It wasn't fully accepted until the Second Vatican Council. And that permitted then the, these, this amazing growth of different works, but always have to have some connection to the, to the church and recognizing that they are a part of the church. Again, not to go off and be freelance. You know, I make this distinction all the time because uh, sometimes I'll joke, that I work for the church, but sometimes people will say, oh, Matt works for the church. I'm like, well, technically I don't work for the church. I work with the church, <laughs> right? Because in some yes. ways uh, what I'm doing is not uh, under the oversight uh, formally and professionally of any kind of bishop or uh, a parish or anything like that or a diocese, but I guarantee you that when Sacred Heart Radio is trying to figure out what we've got to say about stuff or when uh, what we're doing over at the Coming Home Network is trying to figure out how we – you know, help people, you know, come into the life of the church and, and embrace the sacraments, we are absolutely taking all of our marching orders from what the church teaches and what the church says, right? That's that's where we get all of our juice, all of our information, all of our strength. That's where the sacraments that empower us to do these things come from. 
Yes, exactly. And also, if a, if an organization, uh, th and that's an organization, we're really talking about individuals here and what individuals can do. Um, but organizationally, any any organization that that says it, it's Catholic has to have some reference point with the church. Uh, and and not again, not necessarily an official official connection, but really for individuals, and that's what I want to focus on on individuals who are going forth. They have to recognize, and, and one of the other terms that that has been used, and we've used it on, uh, is missionary discipleship. The follower who's sent. That that is still a message that a lot of people just have not gotten, have not really come to to embrace and understand that they too are sent. It's not just a certain group of people here or a certain group of people there, but every single person who is baptized is sent by Christ into the world, into their families, into the, the, the situations in life that they might find themselves to really witness faith to, to others wherever they find them. So you're telling me you're not off the hook uh, no, you know, you're not, just, uh, despite being a regular old Catholic going to Mass, that you've got a job here too? Well, when you're told go at the end of Mass, that go is go out and be an apostle. Go out and, and let people know about Christ, but Christ in and through his church. That's, that's where the, the difference always is for us Catholics. It's bringing them, bringing people to life in Christ, and especially in the Eucharist. Well, and drawing people, uh, you know, to have some sort of interest and intrigue in that life of faith. I've found that so many times, you know, there's the official stuff that you want to do and the arguments you memorize, but sometimes being that missionary in the world means listening to the to the hunger that you hear in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, and just hearing the kinds of questions that people are asking, because if they are real questions, right, they're going to find their home and their heart in the life of the church. And, you know, sometimes that's a great way to be an apostle, too, is just hearing what people are actually hungry for. And not only hearing, but also doing. Remember those, those corporal works of mercy, going out there, those evangelize. Those evangelize too. When we go out there and like, why, well, why are you doing this? I'm doing it because of my faith in Christ. I'm doing it because this is what the church teaches. This is how I'm called to live. And so it, it, it's not only, it's not only by what we say, but you know, it's what we do again, that faith and works, which again, and is very Catholic. Yeah, Jesus says even if someone who gives a cup of cold water out does it in his name, right? <laughs> there's there's yes. something to that. But uh, just a final word, Father, uh, as we leave, there's probably some people who are like, that sounds that sounds good and important, uh, but that also sounds kind of scary. <laughs> What's a word of encouragement you might give to someone who wants to do this but is fearful or nervous about how that might look in their life? You're not on your own. Christ is with you. What is it that the Lord is asking you? Where is he calling you to be? Again, it could be in your family. It could be in your workplace. It could be in your school. Whatever that might be, and however that might be, not only in word, but in deed, and to just recognize that you're called, and he is sending you. You are called and you are sent. All those things are right there in the Mass, right? 
So uh, thank you so much, Father Frank Donio. We've got the Catholic Apostolate Center linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. So many great resources over there. Have a great day, Father. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you and God bless. All right, 36 past. Here's Anna with news. Good morning. Israeli troops have been massing at the Gaza border as the Jewish state strikes back after Saturday's attack by Hamas militants. Israel has ordered what Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu called a complete siege of the Gaza Strip, cutting off supplies of food, water, fuel and electricity to the densely packed Palestinian enclave of more than two million people. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Egypt are discussing a possible humanitarian corridor. Meanwhile, the custos of the Holy Land says he fears that the Palestinian Christian population could disappear. The Christian population is uh, always a peaceful population and uh, the risk when there are conflicts, confrontations and war is that uh, the Christian population is, we can say, the the first victim after every war. Some of uh, the members of our communities uh, leave the country and I think that particularly in Gaza where the Christian community is a very small community, I I fear that... uh, because of the war, the risk is uh, that the Christian community in, in Gaza will disappear. The comments from Father Francesco Paton come as war rages between Hamas and Israel. He told L'Osservatore Romano, quote, it is very dangerous for the Christians to remain in Gaza. He said, now the information that we have are that the Christians are safe in this moment, but we don't know the evolution during the next days, end quote. And early in-person voting for Ohio's general election gets underway today. Now through the 27th, early voting locations will be open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday with hours expanding closer to Election Day on November 7th. State residents will be deciding on two major ballot issues next month, including Issue 1, which if passed would enshrine abortion in Ohio's Constitution. 8.39 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Here's Paul Lachman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. How about some uh, baseball news? The uh, Texas Rangers advancing in the uh, playoffs after knocking off the Baltimore Orioles with a 7-1 win in Game 3 of the American League Division Series. They are advancing to the American League Championship Series for the first time. Since 2011 in Minnesota, the Houston Astros took a 2-1 series lead with a 9-1 takedown of the Twins at Target Field. Game four will take place today. National League Division Series, the Atlanta Braves visit the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Los Angeles Dodgers take on the Arizona Diamondbacks tonight. Diamondbacks up in that series two games to none, while the Braves and Phillies are tied at a game apiece. Hey, how about some good news? The Western and Southern Open. It's staying in Mason as uh, the city successfully fended off Charlotte from uh, taking the bid from uh, seeing our tennis tournament leave. Uh, the tournament has been played in Cincinnati since 1899, and it is good news that it's hanging around in Mason. Let's check in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this.
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. This is Deacon Mark Machuga, a prayer to St. Joseph for husbands and fathers. O St. Joseph, guardian of the Holy Family, you were completely given to God's holy will. Pray for me that I will respond with generosity to my vocation as husband and father. Pray that I will imitate your quiet strength, your diligence in work, your devoted love of the family. Most of all, St. Joseph, I ask that when I see my wife and children, that I will see reflected in their hearts the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim and Anna Mitchell. We've talked about John the 23rd and the Second Vatican Council and all the various things associated that have an anniversary on this Wednesday, October the 11th. And, uh, you know, what's, what's interesting is, you know, John the 23rd's feast day is on the anniversary of the Second Vatican Council. The Catechism of Catholic Church uh, was published 30 years after the opening of the mm-hmm. Second Vatican Council on the anniversary of the opening. So on October 11th, 1992, is when the Catechism was promulgated. Interestingly enough, um, it was a project commissioned by an extraordinary synod of bishops, uh, believe it or not, in 1985. Oh, Ratzinger was a synod uh, of bishops, huh? Yeah. Now, granted, the current that. synod is not necessarily a synod of only bishops. But, right, right. Well, um, it's different now. What's interesting about the catechism, I don't know, I mean, I know a lot of people have read the catechism. Some people have read it as a, you know, look in the index and find a topic type of thing. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you, if you haven't before, just read the thing through. I know Father Mike Schmitz has been doing his podcast uh, on reading the catechism in a year, and some of you have been following along with that. But there really is some extremely well-thought-out stuff in the catechism, not just the content in the paragraphs themselves, but the progression through which it goes. Oh, yeah. And and what I mean by this is that so often when we get into some sort of a debate about our faith uh, and somebody wants to know something or somebody who has a misunderstanding about Catholicism comes at us, they're coming at it from something they see from like a million miles away or they saw on TV. And so they ask you a weird question about a weird thing, and you don't necessarily know how to answer it. Mm -hmm. The way the catechism sets things up uh, is in such... A manner that when you go through it, it builds a foundation and it builds another floor on top of that foundation and it builds another floor on top of that foundation and so on and so forth. So first of all, it starts out by saying, who is God and what kind of world did he make and what mm-hmm. kind of people did he put in it? Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. yep. And then it goes on to go through the creed. Right. And then. From there, you go on to the sacramental life, and from there, you go on to morality, and from there, you go on to understanding Christian prayer. And, you know, can I say also, because this was something—I got to interview Father Mike Schmitz not too long ago 
um, as they started to enter into part three um, on which is, uh, you know, how we live as Christians, the, mo- the, the moral, moral life. And I was so struck by that section. I mean, this you're talking about it in like a, a big way with the catechism, but it also happens in a micro way within these sections that um, how we live starts with our human dignity. That is the baseline for the moral life. And I find that so fitting and so important um, when it comes to understanding this, that, you know, as you say, we start with who God is, and then we go through the creed and what we believe, and then we hit the sacraments. And then as we move into the moral life, we are talking about our human dignity as a human people made in the image and after the likeness of God. And that is the basis for our moral life. And so often when we are talking about morality, which is a lot of the que- a lot of the questions that we will receive as Catholics and why Catholics believe what they do about about morality, we need to remember that we have to start with that. We start with God is love and then we start with and then from there we say we are made in his image and after his likeness and therefore have this inherent dignity being made in the image and after the likeness of God. And that is why we live this moral life, because well, God is love. It has to go all the way back. It to has that to go point. all the way back. And that's uh, so. As I'm, you know, in RCIA, we walk through the catechism in, in my class, OCIA, as we call it. I'm mm-hmm. still getting used to that. Uh, but we start with that. And I, I, I tell people right at the beginning, you're going to have a lot of weird questions about Catholicism. Try and hold some of those until we get to them. Yeah. Because. You know, someone might look at uh, Catholic teaching on marriage, for example, and say, well, why does the church teach this? And you could flip straight ahead to that passage on marriage, mm-hmm. but it's going to make references to things that you're not going to understand unless you understand the nature of the Trinity. And somebody might say, I'm not asking about the Trinity. I'm asking about why I can't go about marriage in X, Y, or Z way. And the church is like, well, we can't even you can't, can't even really begin t- to have that conversation, really have that until, conversation under- until we figure out who you are and why you were made the way that you were made. Yeah. So, yeah. Same um, thing with uh, the life issues as life well. Life issues are in that morality Abortion. section as well. Yeah. 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 All the weird stuff that it's all like in the same section of the catechism. And whenever it comes up that week, I'm always like, I want somebody else to teach this part. What? I don't want to teach this one. No, but this is something Father Hezekiah Carnazzo over at the Institute of Catholic Culture talks about this all the time, and it is very much rooted in the catechism. Whenever you have any conversation about Catholicism, you start with asking the person. Don't answer their question. Ask them, who is God to you? So that we can get that baseline and understand who God is, and then we can start to have these other conversations about anything that is a tough conversation conversation for a non-Catholic. So on this birthday of the catechism, if you haven't, read it from the beginning and see if some stuff hits you different. I've read it through like 11 times at this point. 11? Because of teaching it. Every single time, tons of new things jump out. Oh, I believe it. Happy birthday, catechism of the Catholic Church. Happy birthday, catechism. Up next, we're going to talk about the men's Eucharistic procession happening in Cincinnati here in just a little bit. It's 12 till. 
Are you using the latest version of the Sacred Heart Radio app? Well, by updating or reinstalling the Sacred Heart Radio app, you get the upgraded features like the daily podcast with markers to quickly find and hear an interview again from the Sunrise Morning Show or Driving Home the Faith. To reinstall the Sacred Heart Radio app, go to sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code, and depending on your phone, choose the App Store or Google Play to begin enjoying the latest version of the Sacred Heart Radio app. Married couples, this fall we invite you to set aside time to grow in holiness. Join us for a weekend marriage retreat to pray, receive the sacraments, and grow in relationship with your spouse through intentional time spent together. Special guests Ryan and Mary Rose Verrett will guide you to more clearly see, embrace, and live out Christ's plan for your marriage. Held at Catholic Family Land near Steubenville, Ohio, October 20th through the 22nd. Register at afc.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. Cincinnati Right to Life presents the Golden Evening for Life. Thursday, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Answer the call to the front lines for life. Reservations at CincinnatiRightToLife.org. That's CincinnatiRightToLife.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. The Sunrise Morning Show continues, and hard to believe it's the ninth annual Cincinnati Men's Eucharistic Procession. Uh, we've been following these and uh, pointing towards them since this got restarted nine years ago. We are talking this morning with Doug Yeager and Father Paul Licktig from St. Xavier Church, and they're both part of the organization of this Men's Eucharistic Procession. Doug, Father Paul, how are you? Fantastic. Good morning. So thank you again for putting this all together. Doug, if you could, just for starters, put out the details first, and then we'll get into what this is. Sure. Um, it's, uh, like you said, it's our ninth annual uh, Eucharistic Procession. It'll... Uh, we start with Mass down at the Basilica of St. Peter and Chains uh, at 8 o'clock with uh, the celebrants Archbishop Schnur. And right after Mass, we will start the procession. We go up Central Avenue and head up to just behind uh, District 1 and uh, right there by FC Cincinnati by the TQL Stadium. We'll actually have benediction there. Then we head up 14th Street over Central Parkway, up Elm to McMicken to uh, Vine and then back down past Finley Market and uh, to 13th Street. And then we end up at um, Old St. Mary's. Pretty cool. And there are probably some people who have driven past a lot of those places a lot, but never done it outside their car and have never been inside some of those, some of those churches. Father Paul, what are you going to be doing during this procession? I will be praying. <laughs> It seems Obviously, like a good right? good idea. Yeah, the whole the whole part purpose of this is to do exactly what you just said: is to walk into these areas where you maybe have never walked, and in doing that, you see things in an entirely different way. But as we're doing that, as as a people, as we're doing that, we are we're elevating Christ, 
understanding that as our eyes gaze upon all of these places that we, that we have never really looked at before, so is Christ gazing upon them. And just as our eyes are blessing the people that we see, so is Christ blessing the people that we see. Well, and you have this opportunity, Father, at every Mass, right? Catholics gather from all over, uh, you know, to come to Mass and uh, experience the Eucharist, experience those graces. But what is it like for you as a priest to have the support of all these laymen and women walking out into these streets with you and taking what you're able to distribute within the walls of that church and showing it forth uh, to an entire city? Well, as as the person who celebrates the Mass, that, that, is, that is one especially grace-filled experience. But we have to realize that the entire purpose of our coming to Mass is not only to receive Christ, but then to bear Christ out into the world. And really, as soon as I step outside that church, and I, I'm, I'm no longer in the midst of the Mass, I am in much of need of support, as everyone else is, and also I, we are all together, the ones who are bearing Christ. Um, we all become the disciples. We all become missionaries who are witnessing to what it is that Christ has done for us. Now, Doug, if I recall, you've been part of this, I think, going back to—have you been part of it all nine years? I have. Dave Dave Willig recruited me oh, initially yeah, grudgingly, but I must— the person Dave Willig has ever roped into anything. <laughs> He's a good man. Yeah, yeah. So then how have you seen this grow since you started it nine years ago? Uh, it, it's definitely grown each year, and, and it's not you know totally about the numbers, but it's definitely been nice to see that as as the word gets out, you know, trying to get men to step out in their faith and and you know walk in, in with with the Lord down the streets. We started off, I, I would have, I think around 250 people probably the first year, and last year we were we were guessing around 800 to 850 uh, by the time everybody between the church and those who come not necessarily just for mass uh the the total numbers up there about 850 wow so that's pretty cool um that's more people than we're showing up at uh at, at reds games this time last year you know so uh but with all this though uh you know doug and, and and you can speak to this probably from a personal standpoint because you've been here all these years i mean do you find that there's a community building around this uh, as opposed to just a bunch of random guys showing up on a Saturday morning, there there definitely is. I, I know from personal experience that there there I, I changed roles at work and I'm actually in a in, in a role uh, where and I'm not afraid to you know hide my or I'm not afraid to show my Catholic faith. And so one of the uh, gals I work with was kind of bemoaning actually about the Eucharistic procession and how it's just men and what's the problem with these guys who are who were putting this on and I said well let me talk to you about it but uh, there there's a there's a contingent of folks at work who are uh, well aware of it and then just the word as it gets out each year we know that that folks we've talked to we go to churches and and talk to the men's groups uh, in the mornings uh, when they meet and a lot of those folks have gone and they just say, you know, the first time they went, they're like, oh, it was such, you know, it's, it's a wonderful experience to you know, take, take the Lord to the street and, and kind of step out, uh, you know, somewhat timidly uh, in, in their faith. But when you're with a lot of other men, uh, it's, it's a great experience. Well, I want to speak to that just a, a little bit as we as we wind things down this morning. Again, just the details, uh, and they're at sacredheartradio.com under the events tab. You can find all the information, but Mass at 8 a.m. on Saturday, October, October 21st with Archbishop Schnur, then walking through Cincinnati, closing 
uh, with benediction at 11 a.m. But very quickly, Father Paul, there are probably some men who are like, you know, I believe, uh, but this is kind of like a private thing for me. I don't know if I feel like comfortable getting out there on the streets. What's a quick word of encouragement you might give to some guy who's in that situation? Well, as men, there are so many spaces that uh, we go to that we celebrate with one another that are not Christ-focused. But this is all about coming together as men and learning what it is to be bearers of Christ, to to bear uh, the sacrificial love of Christ with one another and for the people that we love in our lives. Yeah, there'll be a lot of those same men who are not ashamed at all wearing their school colors for football games that afternoon. <laughs> right, right. right. So, uh, again, go to sacredheartradio.com. Under the events tab, you can find all the info on the Eucharistic procession Saturday, October 21st. We're back again tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Sacred Heart Radio is your local Catholic station and your source for news from the Catholic perspective. SacredHeartRadio.com is where you can find and share information on issues facing Ohio in November that are so important to the pro-life community. And that's not to mention our commitment to prayer. At SacredHeartRadio.com, you'll find resources and events to help you pray for a culture of life. So please visit SacredHeartRadio.com, your local source for pro-life information and prayer. Cincinnati Right to Life presents the Golden Evening for Life, Thursday, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Answer the call to the front lines for life. Reservations at CincinnatiRightToLife.org. That's CincinnatiRightToLife.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Honda East, the place to find a brand new Honda or pre-owned vehicle with no haggle, no hassle pricing. Honda East, just off I-275 on Beachmont Avenue. Honda East. Get the car that I want. Online at HondaEastCincy.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Stegman Landscape. Serving the tri-state since 1979, Stegman Landscape can create a picture-perfect landscape all year long. From design, installation, and maintenance to retaining walls, patios, and outdoor fireplaces to enjoy any season, Stegman Landscape can do it all. Stegman Landscape, making the world more beautiful one yard at a time. 859-781-1562 and online at stegmanlandscape.com. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated, stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. This is Bishop Roger Foyes of Covington. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Sacred Heart Radio.